0: Pathfinders to find the path podcast actual play of the mummy's mask adventure path. The last one. Oh, it's,
1: just, oh, it's so scary. Like saying it like that. It just sounds sad. It hurts. It's also ominous. We
0: have reached episode 222. The finale
1: The one with the end.
0: Oh, man. But I suppose that uh, that existential weight on all of us is here. Um, It's like
2: the first day of school nerves.
0: It's like the first or it's like graduation day, whichever you prefer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all have a lot of fun with this. So I suppose we should uh, we should jump back into things, shall we? Mm. So uh, I bet you're wondering how we got here.
3: (laughs) And if you skip the previous 221 yes, episodes. Yes, if you just skip the previous
0: 221 episodes. <laughs>
3: That's There strange. was a lottery.
0: Then they went to a temple. Then they found that some barefoot man stole a mask. And then there was a bunch of undead. Then they beat up the barefoot man and took the mask back. They found out the mask was a thing. So they went to another place. They delved through a lot of libraries. Then they went mm-hmm. to a tomb. They found out a body had been stolen from this sphinx that was there. They then tracked down the body, which was controlled by another part of that spirit. Messed around with a giant super weapon and used that super weapon to shoot a pyramid down from the sky. And super then fun. went through there beating up a whole bunch of people. Uh, So if you didn't want to bother with the previous 221 episodes... Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs>
3: that was the fastest recap of four years of work ever. And yeah, left out a lot
4: of stuff. Oh, I left out yeah, tons of details.
0: All fine. If you want a more comprehensive, go back and listen to the two part Narmer explanation of everything that happened before <laughs> book five.
2: Or even more comprehensive, just go listen to the other 221 episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's an
1: option. It's always an option. Go ahead and
0: pause this episode, go back and listen to all of those, and then resume this episode. We'll, we'll still be, be here. We'll still it, be here.
1: It'll only take uh, somebody time. quick. Do the math. <laughs> Uh, many hours. Many, many hours. At
0: least 250 hours.
1: That's nothing. That's, like, you can get through that in like a weekend.
0: That's true, Compared to the audio <laughs> before editing.
5: That's how yeah. weekends work.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Well, in uh, in seriousness, when last we had left our heroes, the party had made their way to finally reach the Sky Pharaoh's throne to confront the Sky Pharaoh Hock-Tep himself Ooh. in an epic two-part battle. Which uh, was a, a long and grueling affair uh, with some of the party members reaching uh, single digit hit points and yeah. uh, three, yeah. getting beaten down <laughs> over the course <laughs> of a very long, a long, long, no long dramatic fight. Uh, we had left our heroes in the Sky Pharaoh's throne room, this massive chamber, nine pillars on one end carved with hieroglyphs supporting the eastern side of this chamber eight huge limestone statues of vulture headed humanoids standing at attention with spears on their sides lining the walls off towards the north and south three paintings of scarabs of increasing size gracing the polished floor at the far end of the chamber a now melted golden throne that once shone like the Sun and now lets out this flickering red light like the setting sun through fast moving clouds, sitting atop a raised dais. The party recovering, I believe everyone wow. settles down to land since most of the party were engaged in a long aerial confrontation.
4: Masika will just sit down like a like a like a cat as a huge dragon, swish the tail back and forth.
0: The still mummified form of the Sky Pharaoh lays at the feet of one of the massive statues, his now vacant gaze staring up towards the sky above. Two flies down, lands, shrinks down to a smaller size, heals up anyone uh, who needs it. Mm -hmm. Suppose uh, Citra settles down. All of you take a moment to uh, to take a breather, knowing, of course, that you still need to find his actual burial place to restore him to his crypt to hopefully undo the curse on Citra. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep.
0: Well, and put him to rest permanently. And put him to rest permanently.
5: Mm -hmm.
1: All right.
0: Hmm.
4: All right. So we gotta find
2: this uh,
5: sarcophagus. So
4: it's either in here somewhere or in the room with all the curses on the wall, because that's the only places we haven't really searched thoroughly.
3: So maybe we start in here and then we'll go back out if we have to. Also, I don't have any more ability to fly, so I don't really want to go back into the cursed room and touch the floor if I don't have to. Mm.
1: Fair.
2: Hollis pulls her journal out and is now going to document everything in this entire place because finally,
1: finally we're not on a timetable and I can document my findings That's true, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Sudi and I will probably do the, our little pincer maneuver where we each start at a wall and <laughs> start working our way around.
0: <laughs> it doesn't take all of you overly long to search the throne room, seeing here that the walls of this room contain a detailed record of the victories of Osirian against the Shori Empire, spanning every surface of this area, except behind the throne. Mm. Behind the throne, you can see that sections here are clear, uh, covered with the occasional hieroglyph in that this room seems to link to all of the other Scrivener's walls that you have seen up until ah. this point. Ah. For Hakatep to relate his orders to his various generals. Currently, the divisions are labeled Istakim Habet, Sindakut, Keshenpek, Eshen Theba, Enhetef, Enmek, and My Beloved. The throne here is. Destroyed. Were it intact, it it was a uh, a masterful work of art. You don't see anything in here that seemed that leads you to believe that there are any other secret passages. And after enough time passes, Hocatep's wall of force finally ends, allowing you to exit this place. After about two hours, actually. Good gracious. Well, it's two. It's ten minutes per caster level. So yep. unless you want to disintegrate it. Nope.
4: I have one. If we wait it out, then the duration on Masika's spell will end at almost the same time the wall does, because I get 10 minutes per caster level on well, that, too. Well, and you
3: needed to get small to get out of here anyway. There's not an exit big enough for you, right?
4: I could have tried to wiggle.
3: <laughs> so I'm going to take that as a no.
4: <laughs> I mostly just wanted to stay just in case something else hopped out at us and or something, you know.
2: Ooh, two hours. I'm going to write down this whole story of the Shori. I'll use Scrivener's chance so something I can just, like, dictate. and It's a very cool cantrip. Yes. Two hours of documentation. This sounds delightful. <laughs> the archaeologist is coming out. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a shame about the throne.
3: Well, and we didn't find anything inside of this uh, chamber, or at least this part of the chamber. So it's either somewhere else in this chamber that was blocked by the Wall of Force, or it's back out in the Cursed.
4: We didn't go to that room. nook. Marmar uh, said he didn't cursor. see anything, but there could have been a secret passage.
0: It's true. I did not make a perception roll to search. I mean, sorry. I did not look deep to tell it. To tell it All me.
4: right. Well, let's uh, let's head back out there. Let's work. I will pop a fly on Sudi.
3: Yay. One last time.
1: Oh, stop rubbing it in. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> stop reminding us that it's the last time.
0: It's true. That's true. Making your way back out from this chamber, re-entering into the the large chamber that you came into once you'd crossed the waters of forgetfulness. This uh, massive chamber with its walls covered in paintings and hieroglyphs with deep alcoves. One that you're entering in, into and another on the opposite end. The block of black stone sitting in the far wall. Every single inch of the floor covered by painted hieroglyphs that you are aware are horrifically cursed. Mm-hmm. You glide silently over the surface of this. I assume taking 10 on another perception check to search the room.
3: Uh, That is a 37.
1: I can add uh, my magnifying glass, though. That would give me a 38.
0: You search about the chamber. The stone block set in this alcove, the black stone here. Uh, As you circle around, you see that there's a large symbol here of a falcon clutching a lotus flower in each claw. Uh, Anyone that wishes to may make me a history or nobility check.
1: Nope.
3: Uh, I roll an 11 for a 19 knowledge history.
2: Hollis rolls a 19 for a 43, a 45 history.
0: (laughs) Uh, You're aware that the Falcon is a symbol commonly associated with many of the pharaohs. Uh, In this case, the double lotus symbol represents the life returning from death. Basically, the life growing up from the floods of the River Sphinx. Mm. As such, this is a symbol that would normally be reserved specifically for the burial place of a pharaoh.
2: Oh, this is it.
0: Sudi and Sitcher glancing this over. Uh, Yeah, there does appear to be a secret passage here. It looks to be sealed.
3: Mm, It can't actually have been sealed because he got out
4: we don't know if he could teleport or Dimension Door or any of the other things that he could have done. Ah, that's true. It probably opened somehow. Otherwise, people might have, would have noticed what Nahamra did. Or that was before it was fully sealed.
0: Yeah, so Citra, if you wish, you may make a disabled device to attempt to, uh, to gain your way in.
1: Does it count as a trap?
0: <laughs> it does not.
1: All right. I rolled a 13, which still gets me a 43.
0: You can tell that this door is designed to open, not from a depressed switch, but probably from a passphrase. However, you do not have access to the passphrase. Hmm. You do pull out your tools, kind of lean in, wedge them in that tiny gap between the stones, work slowly. And eventually there's a satisfying click sound as you hear the soft ticking sounds from inside of the walls as the stone block lowers down smoothly on the clockwork gears within. Hmm. Revealing beyond it quite the sight. Oh God. The chamber within is large, not massive in size, but perhaps some 30 feet across from left to right, maybe 40 feet in length. The dazzling floor of this large crypt is made entirely of what appears to be gold. Burnished to a mirror-like finish. Light reflects from the torches burning in brass sconces on the walls and dances across the floor. Four statues of vulture-headed humanoids fashioned from artfully arranged bones. Stands vigilant in the corner. Metal-tipped spears gripped in their bony hands. A large golden sarcophagus lies in the center of the crypt. Its lid depicting a winged man in royal attire, crook and flell held across his chest, implements that you are rather familiar with from your recent battle, and a blue crown featuring a rearing cobra upon his head. Hmm. Beyond that, even as you glance about the chamber, you can see mounds of gold and funerary items spaced about the room. The room is quiet, undisturbed for millennia. As you enter, as you step forward, Hollis, you kind of glance down, sort of skirt around what appears to be a large, irregularly shaped pile of dust as you float your way in, hmm. being the only thing that's truly odd and out of place here. Citra, if you wish to go ahead and uh, go ahead and make me a perception roll. You can add that trap finding if you want. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> One last trap.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. I rolled an 11 for a 42. Hmm. That's pretty good.
0: Uh, as you glide in, you glance over. These statues, as you reach up, you touch your golem bane scarab, are not golems. However, you can tell that each of the t- statues are trapped. Curiously, though, this trap is already disarmed. As if someone disarmed or disabled this some time ago. Well,
1: oh, like my
4: ancestor? Mm. Or the person who was the pile of ash on the floor and got stuck in here or something. Hmm.
0: You can tell that previously, anyone who attempted to disturb the sarcophagus would be subject to four simultaneous lightning bolts, one from oh. each of the statues. Ow.
4: Can you reactivate it?
0: Yeah, it's well within your ability to reactivate it. It's currently uh, deactivated. do that on the way out. That's
4: what I'm saying. <laughs> on the way out, let's uh, let's go ahead and rearm that. Yeah, We've disarmed everything else on the way here. We should leave <laughs> him with... a horrible curse room.
0: <laughs> That's true. You are aware that any interaction with the spears on each of these statues would also trigger this.
1: Don't touch the spears or you'll end up like our ashy friend over here. Why would you want to touch the spears? I look at the spears.
0: Maybe
3: to loot them if they, you thought they were worth something.
0: Who's been in here?
3: Somebody. I point down to the ash pile.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Holy you have Arcane Sight on. Don't I you? do. Uh, yes, you can tell that the spears are magical. Oh, yeah. okay. They're magical. Uh, you may make spellcraft if you so wish.
2: I rolled kind of garbage, but that's fine. I get a 33.
0: You can tell that each one of these spears appears to be a Hartswood spear. Hmm. It's a okay. simple looking weapon. However, it is a formidable one. Uh, it is a plus two undead Bane spear. Wow! Ooh,
2: there's a lot of layers to that. The
0: Heartswood spear deals bludgeoning damage when it's swung as a staff, equal to the regular piercing damage that it deals as a spear. When employed in such a manner, it possesses the disruption property. Wow. Whoa.
2: Well, dang.
0: So
3: Sudi will take four.
2: <laughs> it's interesting that that's a thing that you would put in here, that these are Undead Bane, I mean, Heartswood, but Undead Bane
0: spears. Well, again, the Osirian don't like the undead.
4: Yeah, Hockatop wasn't
0: planning on
2: coming back as a mummy.
0: This was never intentional.
4: (laughs) But wouldn't the people coming in here
2: to loot your corpse not typically be undead?
0: It's kind of interesting.
3: Weird. It is a
4: bit strange.
3: And that's a lot of magic to go throw in at these.
0: Taking them would, of course, trigger it as well.
4: Yeah, I don't really know if we need to take any of his grave goods.
0: Nah, probably not.
4: Nope, I just want to know what they are.
0: Looking over the sarcophagus, you can see that, uh, again, it has a depiction of the figure of Hocatep that you are familiar with. Again, from uh, his visage from the mask, as well as what you've seen elsewhere. A bas-relief cartouche around the neck of the image on the sarcophagus lid bears the name Hockitep. Hmm. The lock that once sealed the lid is open.
1: Well, that makes sense.
0: If you wish to open it. Check it for traps first.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's just assumed I'm checking everything for traps. <laughs> yes, the, the oh, trap yeah, was trap what water. was on
0: the statues that would have shot you if you opened this. Ah, yeah. uh,
1: so I figure Citra is going to open it up so that we can get ready to put him back in. Mm-hmm.
0: Citra, probably with a little help from Sudi.
1: Oh, definitely. Yep.
0: You lift this up, revealing within an empty interior pillowed with deep blue interior bearing the impression of a body. A pillow inside of the sarcophagus where the body's head would lay is embroidered with a symbol of the falcon clutching a lotus flower in each claw. Mm. Stitched hieroglyphs beneath the falcon reads, unfurl your wings and seek the sky, mighty pharaoh. Mm. As this opens, Smesika and two are returning with the body of the sky pharaoh. Sudhi, you have a momentary loss of sense. Vision and sound fade. And as you stand there, you hear this crackling sound of fire. Not like the silent torches of this chamber, these magical torches, but of actual braziers. And the smell of incense, but something underneath that. Something discomforting. A smell you associate with your time in the Temple of Pharasma, The primary healing church of the city of Wati. That smell of a sick room. Your vision comes back, but everything is slightly hazy. Almost in a way that you remember from being a young child, almost like a fever dream. You see a large, spacious bed. in a room, a room that you've become familiar with by this point. As it had been in this same said room, the division had once come to Onuris, and then another to you, of Hakatep's father on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. Now you see the Sky Pharaoh there. Hakatep is covered up to his chest by the blankets covering this bed. But above that, you can see his arms, once strong and sinewy, now pallid and wasted black veins run up from where you know a wound is in his side from the blade of his brother all the way up across his left shoulder along the left side of his neck and up across the side of his face as the infection has spread substantially the entirety of his form is pallid sweat beads his face Towards the edge of your vision, again, everything is hazy. You see a ring of others. Although, again, you can't tell if it's the mask vision or if it was his actual state when he was here and the memories that causes all of these people to seem almost insubstantial. You pick out a few as being familiar to you. The slender form of n the stout elderly figure of Nahamra. On the far end from the balcony, you can even see and hear the soft cooing of the massive storm bird, his mount and, you suppose, oldest friend. Next to the bedside is Hakatep's wife. Here, she doesn't look as frightening as she once did. Instead, she seems to be consoling, lifting up his weakened head to pour water, pouring herself a glass of wine, sipping at it as she holds his hand. The Sky Pharaoh looks up towards her. It will not be long now. My eternal war has ended. She nods, but you have done great things. He looks around again in comparison to when you had seen him here with his father. There's not the family. They're not the crying children. They're not the close friends. Only his wife and his servants. I will go soon. The preparations are complete. Anubis will guide me and let them weigh my heart. You will not go alone, his wife says. His brow furrows for a moment before she tips back her wine Mm. and sits it down on the table. Mm. He eyes the goblet for a long moment. To eternity then she smiles leans down and kisses him and the vision fades but sight and sound do not return as you stand here sudi you feel an almost rocking sensation through your body for the rest of you you see sudi swaying in place back and forth as you open your eye again sudi you look out not on the sick chamber but on something that steals your breath you stand on a magnificent funerary barge, hmm. sailing down a placid river, eternal golden fields of reeds stretching to the horizon in every direction, almost lost amongst the low hanging fog. And without even needing to think about it, you know, as a frasman, that you stand. On, at the very least the Osirian interpretation of the dead roads in the far distance I can only imagine Sudi being the the faithful man that he is making the spiral of phrasma as you see an infinitely tall spire on the far horizon Hakatep opens his eyes and where he was laying on a couch atop this boat sits up and stares into the distance, now no longer sick, but in the fullness of his life, bedecked in all of the regal refinery that you had seen him buried in. Surrounding here, you can see his Aku You can see the various figures that you have faced to get to this point, buried with him in his tomb and awaiting him on his journey to final judgment, traveling with their God King to his reward. As he turns back, you see him start as he looks into the face of his wife. Now also in the fullness of youth and strength. The two embrace. He turns, almost lets out a shout as he rushes forward towards another figure who seems to recoil before the man stops. Just a sec. The architect smiles and inclines his head. Here I am. Thanks for not doing the uh, hugging thing. I don't particularly enjoy that, but uh, yes. <laughs> I was given um, not quite the equivalent of a day pass because this will take a lot longer than that. But at the very least, the leave to come and help direct you to uh, to the to the end. Hakatep smiles, his face breaking into a genuine smile before that falters and you see a tear run down his face as he turns to the young man behind Chisisek.
3: Talk about this. Mm-hmm.
0: My son. He rushes forward and does embrace him. I'm sorry. You always make me proud. I know, Father. We're together now. Hakatep smiles and nods, turns back to extend a hand towards his wife. The sky cracks with lightning and thunder. You feel a horrible wrenching sensation in the boat under you as everyone looks about in panic. After that, there is a splitting sound of chanting as the sky above splits, like a crack through a dome, half black, half white, Mm. as suddenly there is this wrenching sensation and you find yourself, instead of there, now standing in the chamber that you're in now. As you look up from your oddly fixed perspective, again, almost as if seeing from the mask, you look up into the aged visage of Nahamra I have some questions my Pharaoh the old man says as he takes up the mask a scream breaks from one of the other black and white robed men as he stands clutching what appears to be a jar he stumbles looks up and in an echoing voice that reminds you of when you face Sarathet says Nahamra why send me back I command you He stands and steps forward, and as he does so, Nahamra extends a hand and blasts him. The body is consumed in flames, leaving only a conspicuous pile of dust with Ah. a single urn sitting Mm. in it. Mm. Not what I was expecting, Nahamra says as he looks down towards the mask, but I will find my answers. I apologize, my god king but I serve anew, Lord." He then turns, and as he does so, Sudi, for the last few moments as the vision fades, you hear the distant cries of confused loved ones, the sound of a boat bereft of its god-king, and the last fading notes of the scent of pure water and an eternal field of golden reeds. Your vision returns as you stand in the now other occupied burial crypt.
3: Sudi will reach a hand up, touching the mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh, giving it a small tug and removing it from his face as it reforms into the visage of Hakatep. Reaching his other hand up, he removes the headdress. (sighs) I believe that we have gone full circle then and seen everything we're going to of Akatep's life He turns to Citra Handing both of them
0: out
1: Then let's finish it
0: It's time to put him to rest Masika, with the aid of two I imagine you place the pharaoh Gently back into his sarcophagus
4: Yeah, you yeah, know, arrange His clothing and items And the crook and the flail And cross his arms over his chest And mm-hmm. the proper stuff
0: You place him back to rest there Back in the way that Again, as evil as this man was, undoing the wrong that was done to him.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Citra, you hold the the heavy mask in your hands.
1: She gingerly places it back onto his face.
0: The placid mask stares up towards you. The mask of the forgotten pharaoh, now covering the visage of the one for whom it was fashioned 6,000 years ago. As you do so, for a moment, all is silent in the crypt. Then light seems to flicker within the mask's sightless eyes, before slowly expanding to cover its entire golden surface. You feel this tingling sensation, unfamiliar to Masika and Hollis, but in a way that brings back memories to Citra and Sudhi. Of the call pulses that you had experienced in Wati, mm. that build-up of energy, somewhat familiar to actually Hollison Masika, as you'd experienced something akin to it when you defeated Sarathet and banished the spirit of Hakatep back to his body. A ghostly figure rises above the pharaoh's dead body, Hakatep as he appeared at the height of his reign, his jaw and his countenance with a certain resting expression of ruthlessness he looks about looking over all of you the god king gives a tilt of his head of acknowledgement perhaps even thanks before his form begins to dissipate as if slowly blowing away like rings of smoke in a breeze as he turns you see that smile return and all of you for a moment hear this distant sound of a bow of a ship through water and the smell of fresh water and fields of reeds faint whispers drift about you until those two disappear after a long moment leaving behind only the silence of a grave at long last the soul of the Sky Pharaoh passes on into the afterlife and the judgment that awaits him there after 6,000 years of postponement.
3: May the Lady of Graves judge you fairly.
1: It's time for Anubis to weigh his heart.
3: Sudio reach into his bag, pulling out the fancy incense that I bought three <laughs> books ago. Oh, Oh, wow. Pull out his flint of steel. Oh, wow. And spark it off, lighting the incense.
0: The smell of this incense fills the room. I imagine, Sudi, being a Frasman, you take a moment to offer up the proper prayers. And then collectively, you can close, and even without the key, with citrus skill, relock the sarcophagus.
4: Nice. Very nice activate the trap and yeah,
0: seal the the basically
3: we'll see ourselves out with all of us stepping <laughs> outside and Citra rapidly like re-enabling all of the traps.
0: Stepping back free of the chamber. You can infer probably Hollis would be the one to infer this the first that the hieroglyphs on the matching symbol inside of the sarcophagus are probably the same as the password for this door.
5: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Perfect. Good to know.
0: Turning back and speaking the words unfurl your wings and seek the sky. Mighty Pharaoh, the door slides silently back into place.
4: And with any luck, no one will ever
1: go in there again.
0: You're hoping. Well, I think we
3: should see ourselves out.
1: Yes, I think that is the best plan.
3: We have trespassed enough, but we've set right a true wrong here today,
0: and in the process, two says into your minds, secure the safety for your people for hopefully years to come. You have all accomplished a great deed.
1: Well, thank you for your help. Of course. Your assistance was definitely wanted.
4: (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, if you don't mind doing that one last favor of getting rid of that Grave Knight armor, that would be awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would be happy to toss this into uh, uh, the positive energy plane and quickly escape before uh, it does any permanent damage to me. But let's get all of you out of here first.
2: Hollis walks really slowly <laughs>
3: <laughs> with her notebook we're, out. we're doing that thing where all of us want to leave, but Hollis, we're like pulling by the I back of yeah. her as collar. an
2: archaeologist, what do you expect? Yeah. This is the last <laughs> exactly. time I will ever see this place. I want
4: to document as much as humanly, well, elfinly possible.
3: Elfinly possible.
5: <laughs> <laughs> On the
4: way out, Masika will give the chime that we didn't end up using, put it back in the dwarf's crypt, because that's mm-hmm. not ours. And yeah.
0: <laughs> I imagine as you leave, you also take the time to restore any of the bodies that you need to back to their crypts, even if it's just the the remaining ashes left over of Campathus.
4: Yeah, kind of sweep them into our hands as best we can and okay.
0: (laughs) Vacuum up real quick, dump them in there. (laughs) You take the portals back and return back to the central chamber, the hall of the aromatic infundibulum. A long moment after you enter, You pass by the one piece of machinery still fixing itself smoking notably less than when Mm you first entered before this hazy blue figure materializes the aged form of sahila the shori aromancer gives you a smile well you took your time but you did it right i respect that
1: sometimes it's about quality not speed
0: Yes, yes, I know. It's a classic story statement. You can have Mm. a cheap faster good, but you can't have all three.
1: Mm, I write down this proverbial wisdom. Mm.
0: (laughs) Well, I suppose then thank you.
1: Are you going to be able to find your rest now?
0: Oh, yes, I've got whatever husbands I can find in the next life to go and catch up with. (laughs) You have done what I have asked, and for that I thank you.
5: Pockitip
4: was a jerk, but nobody deserves their soul split into three pieces. I'm just just saying.
3: For sure.
0: And he'll receive the judgment that he deserves. But no one deserves to have been sundered the way he was.
3: It wasn't his fault.
0: So off with you and off with me. She nods. That being her equivalent of a goodbye.
5: All right. Before she turns
0: and walks. It's odd because the distance that she travels seems to be much further than the distance that you see her walk as if somehow there's another horizon that she's approaching separate from the one that you see Hmm. and eventually the figure in a way that almost hurts your mind to try to contemplate stretches away into this other dimension and fades from sight ascending up the shaft. Uh, fighting your way up through the storm as two would be happy to carry all of you up to the uh, the landing at the top of the shaft. You can make your way out of the Hall of Air, the final Guardian Hall of Hakatep, and step outside to see that the storm continues to rage above your heads as you stand on the platform making its way back down to the sands below. As you've exited, two turns. It would seem my work here is complete. He holds up a bag and shakes it with the armor inside.
4: (laughs) Thank you for answering the summons and sticking around and helping us. I have a feeling things would have been a lot rougher without you there. Mm.
0: I did what I could to help, and I was happy to do so. I know that uh, this will be a story most of you keep to uh, don't share as much about, but know that I make my way to the heavens, and I will speak of each of you. Kindly.
4: Oh, thanks. Oh, but thank you.
0: If you ever find yourself in the field of reeds or up top the mountains, let me know. I'd be happy to give you a guide.
1: Well, hopefully not for some time.
0: No, no. Some of you. he just shrugs.
3: (laughs) 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 I don't plan on dying anytime soon, so eh.
0: Or ever, Norma says. (laughs) Well then. Blessings of my Lord Horus upon you. Beer and bread for each.
4: Masika waves. Beer and bread actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, how's his tummy growls?
0: And may today (laughs) not be your day. And may tomorrow not be yours. He smiles, turns. There is a halo of fire that bursts from his wings as he steps through an open gate into a blinding light Mm. before it disappears leaving all of you standing alone.
1: You know, I don't think even if we told the stories that anyone would believe us. I mean...
0: Definitely not.
1: The wise women and Zosair will
4: definitely believe me. That's like three people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I pat my notebook. They're gonna believe us. I mean, you see that drivel the Pathfinder's <laughs> right.
4: But, you know, um, <laughs> we might have a point considering there should be grounded pyramids all over assyrian now. Those just didn't... Disappear. Yeah. Uh, we should. Right. How do y'all feel about beer and bread? Because I do have a teleport and we're not in that pyramid anymore. Well, I want to make sure this thing takes off and Pete someone doesn't that. randomly happen to happen by and shenanigans start. So I, I'm going to at least wait until the pyramid is. Woo! Masika waves her hand up towards the air. A mansion it is then. And, and I think Citra is going to go and. You know, have a family thing. That's first.
3: So, we are not quite done yet here, so I think let's uh, maybe take a walk. Sudi points down to the stairs to you know, take us to the bottom of the pyramid.
0: You descend the stairs. Head off, I imagine, in the direction outside of the slave trenches of Hakatep, the Kepsutanum, where the lightning storm continues to blast out and up. You make your way towards the cliffs that overlook the trenches. Ascend up until you reach the large sphinx statue that stands before the temple of Nethys. Ascending up and making your way into the temple, you find it oddly quiet. As you look about, you can see a scattering of dust and ash sprinkled about here and there. Not like the ash left over from a fire but more like the the ash that falls from an eruption. A thin coating. Hmm. A shadowy figure emerges from the back of the chamber. The thin, wizened figure of Nahamra. He pauses as you enter. It's done. I could sense that you are victorious. You have undone the wrong that I did. And in doing so, My line, my family, you, Citra, are free. I cannot undo the mistakes of my past. But mm, I suppose it is time that I go and find and apologize to a very old friend.
1: Forewarning, he's probably not very happy with you. Mm,
0: No. No, I imagine not. He looks off to the side as a wavy and substantial black shadow steps out again in a way that probably always makes Citra's heart twist so small compared to your taller stature. Now, Nahamra gives one last nod to all of you and then without ceremony or pomp, collapses into a thin pile of dust. The young figure makes his way forward towards Citra.
1: I figure she reaches into her pack, pulls out one of the vials that we've managed to hold on to, despite everything we've come across. Mm -hmm.
0: Despite my best efforts.
5: Yeah. I almost got Hollis twice. I know. know,
0: Seriously.
1: And holds it out to him. It's your choice. The world is different, but I would like to see you again.
0: The figure seems to struggle to speak. You can't make out all of the words, but faintly amongst them, you hear your brother Atsu say, Go home.
1: Come with me.
0: He steps forward. As he does so, his figure collapses, leaning down, applying the oil, as you so wish. The sight can only be described using the word. Miraculous. Mm. As the boy essentially is reformed from the dust and ash that composes him, his essential salts, if you will, (laughs) as the entirety of his form reconstitutes. He sits there shivering for a long moment. You can only imagine the shock of that as he stumbles up to his feet, ungainly on legs that haven't seen use technically speaking ever considering that this is an entirely new body
1: hmm. uh, uh. I figured Citra like takes off her cloak and like wraps it around him
0: he shudders and for the first time in nearly a decade the bright eyes of your brother now for the first time ever look up at you
5: hmm.
0: <laughs> the boy gives a faltering smile you got the big. <laughs> he, it's
1: been a few years.
0: He bear hugs you, like oh. squeezing as hard as he can.
1: <sighs> I promised you. <laughs>
0: you. Crazy girl, you did. <sighs>
1: Thank I you. I told you when I put my mind to something, it will get done.
0: <laughs> I should have known you're too stubborn to let me die for long. He shrugs awkwardly, gives kind of a wave to everyone else. I, I got your names earlier. I'm I'm Atsu.
4: Masika
3: waves. It is a pleasure to meet you, Atsu, and welcome back to the land of the living.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you all. Anyone have an extra pair of pants? Okay.
2: <laughs> Um, I is he he naked? pants <laughs> have would fit you
3: yes he comes back naked of course he does
1: <laughs> yeah he doesn't have anything else. I mean he has a cloak on at least
3: a children's yeah. show where when they get turned back they, they, I assume they the cloak was
0: both for, for warmth and modesty but you know the dude like a yeah. decent pair of pants
1: <laughs> I mean I do have a spare hot weather outfit <laughs> I have a golden bikini Masika says actually <laughs>
5: so like through her bag All <laughs> this,
1: Masika, like, this is a child Masika I, this, Citra's like I think I have something a little better than
3: I that. mean, if that's the only thing you have, it's better than nothing.
4: He's like what? Almost an adult? He's like two years old.
0: I like that. Masika says that she looks looks behind her and Narmer's wearing the bikini. What? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, do you just like elbows, uh, Hollis? No, no. He's he's like I don't know, thirteen, fourteen, maybe.
2: I wasn't an adult till I was a hundred.
3: This is oh, a well, babe. Oh, That's a totally different scale Sweet of time. Sweet babe. <laughs> Yes, I, I I imagine Sudi has a spare po- uh, set of pants since they're about the same uh, We want to make a mansion?
2: We could we could sleep here.
0: Yeah. I imagine you you summon up your mansion,
2: mm-hmm.
0: cast a spell, make your way in there, make an extra room for Atsu. Yep. Give him a feast of what he hasn't eaten since he died, so uh, that's His nice. His
3: stomach's completely empty. We have to rectify. Yep. It's a new stomach,
1: so he's going to have to take it slow.
0: That being <laughs> said, uh, he does eat like a starving child from the streets, so there is a this lot of like... Nine. also.
3: He eats like a teenager who's 14 years old and still has a growing body.
0: Well, 14 years old yeah. and oftentimes had to go home hun- hungry. So, uh, yep, Sitcher probably. Technically
1: I'm the older sister. Yeah, I think I'm. The old now,
0: old. One now you're now. the older sister. Yeah, in that weird way that I'm, I'm sure there's that awkward conversation where you're just like, I guess I'm the I'm the big sister now. Clean the room. <laughs> I imagine for uh, for Sitcher, there's probably the, the couple of moments of trying to catch him up on things. Uh, again, he understood a lot of what you said, were able to say. He just couldn't respond to you when you spoke to yeah. him in his shade form previously. Probably that sort of thing of like, you don't need to do that anymore when you notice he's like secretly scrolling away rolls and stuff in his pocket for later. We're rich
5: as bud.
0: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> these no gold coins. Yeah. You can just You toss see this down, one ring? Ridiculous. This one magic ring is worth more money than we have ever made.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: You all rest for the evening. Wake up the next day. Atsu accompanying you. Again, like, he and Narmer are having a great time since, you know, Narmer's basically a perpetual child also, so... <laughs> yep just ex- exchanging the, the crudest jokes that he never could share with his uh, his little sister because they were too oh, no. uh, too <laughs> offensive.
3: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> wait till he finds out she's got a boyfriend.
3: Right.
1: And he's
2: like, hey, that's
3: my Judge little him. sister.
1: And Falto's like, okay.
3: <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically true.
0: <laughs> you exit out of your magical mansion and step outside. I imagine all of you wait as you can tell that the storm is steadily dissipating until... Eventually, the storm falters. The electricity fells, and there's a strange sound, like a metallic screeching sound, but lower. Not for any of your characters, but for your own edification, like that low moaning sound that an iceberg makes as it's beginning to break. That Ah. echoing low, almost a well-like noise comes from the direction of the Kepsutonum, And as you look into the distance, you can see the Katsutanum finally falter. The electricity fells. The storm, almost as quickly as it was magically summoned, begins to spiral out, dissipating. As you look in the far distance at the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh, a beam of light shines up from the peak of the pyramid. There is a very distant cloud of sand that seems to roll out from around its base. And as you watch, the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh slowly rises up into the sky. Finally, as in fact, the final resting place for the Forgotten Pharaoh, Hakatep.
3: Spread your wings.
1: I'm sure uh and Anubis have a great conversation coming.
0: Hopefully he
3: will show him mercy. It wasn't his fault that he got pulled back. He's going to get judged harshly because he was kind of a mean guy, but... Yeah, that's what I
1: was going for is, you know, all of the things before he died. The aftermath cannot be blamed, but the before? Yes.
4: I hope Nahamra gets for what came after, to be 100% perfectly honest. I know he's your ancestor, but good lord, Citra. I'm 100% agreeing with you on that one. I think everybody (laughs) in that whole circle is going to be having a bad day.
0: Yeah, that guy was kind of a jerk. That's who says.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But kind of in a fun way, except for the bad stuff he did, but the fun way of... Anyway.
0: All right. So
3: what's next?
4: Well, I've got to go back to my, my people. Um... I'm going to take this other True Resurrection solve and bring back my dad on the way home. That'll surprise my mom. But yeah, I, I have my people to get back to. Gotta, you know, get back to the Apprentice in and yeah.
1: But first, we should probably make fal- make sure Falto's not dead. Yeah, I was hoping to head back to Wati, maybe.
3: I think I will as well. I've got a few things to wrap up there and then try to figure out what I'm going to do with Eternity to live.
1: Okay well, that sounds
2: like an existential crisis but uh I can drop everybody off. I haven't done preparations yet so I can prepare just a bunch of teleports and whatnot and drop everybody off
0: I'd like a, a decent pair of pants
1: I gave him a hot weather outfit.
0: Well no the, it, and these are girls. these are great but like you're hippier um, and'm I'm, I'm a scrawny street <laughs> kid so
2: we'll buy you buy him some clothes in Wati because I don't
0: the very least a decent belt this this rope is working fortunately your your cat folk friend had a whole bunch of rope so <laughs>
3: It was always useful as an adventurer to carry some rope.
0: Uh, Call back to episode one.
3: Yeah, Yeah. it's like
4: taking the treasure. Here have this belt of dexterity, and here's some plus four armor. And, you know.
0: This is going to make being a rogue way easier.
4: Yeah, I mean, if we want to go to Wati, I can set out from there. Um, I know where my father is buried, and then my people travel. So it's not like, you know, you can just take me to the one spot, so it'd be easier for me just to take the boat. All right, fair enough.
1: To Wati, then.
0: To Hollis, you chant in tone. Extend a hand. There is a flash, and our heroes, our doorkeepers, disappear from beneath the gaze of the massive sphinx, seemingly still staring off in the direction of the pyramid, rising up into the sky. Time passes months pass as our doorkeepers return back to civilization, return back from their exploits here, scatter to the winds to go and take care of their various goals. We'll pick back up about three months later, not in the city of Wati. Instead, we see in a hidden secluded valley at the base of a massive mountain Known throughout all of Osirian as the Pillars of the Sun. Here stands an ancient monastery surrounded by an old and derelict village. A village once dead, now beginning to once again teem with life. A solitary figure sits upon the steps, the stone steps of this ancient temple known to... All of you, even though the doorkeepers never step foot there, as the Black Fane. Oh, man. The Temple of Sekhmet in the Parched Dunes, where the Faded made their way some time back to deal the with the... The and Segura. And Segura.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Plus one. <laughs> Sudi, you sit upon the steps, looking out over the city, stretched out below you from atop this wide set of steps, the nearly 100 stairs that lead up to the temple. It's a great workout. (laughs) As you look over the village, once when you'd arrived, just dusty stone, now with various bright colored canvases covering portions of the building. And amongst them, you see the variety of the cat folk, people that once lived here, now after years, the entire span of your lifetime in exile, returning to their now secured home. As you watch, you see a caravan slowly rolling into the city. The first of many caravans you expect. As now that the Black Fane no longer needs to protect the Shining Trap This place, this natural oasis here can serve as another site, another bastion. Having been able to secure it and revitalize the nature around here i imagine probably with the help of uh you know your good friend and, and now neighbor out in the parched dunes masika who could yeah, at the very boy. least you know control weather and summon rain and do all that good stuff to kind of help with things here
4: yeah i mean masika could help out a friend
0: yeah you see as the caravan rolls up the cat folk having returned back to their ancestral home six figures begin to approach up the stairs the five in the back, keeping a respectful pace with the one in the front. This elder catfolk, the leader of these catfolk in, uh, in exile, Serva, who you had met with previously. oh man. Watches you as he approaches his way up. Again, grizzled, scrawny, white muzzle scarred uh, from years of, you guess, hard living. He reaches the step that you're on grunts loudly as he holds his staff and uses that to help him sit down next to you. Gives you a big lopsided smile. All teeth. uh, Broken front right canine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's a little mangy cat.
0: I assume this is where I'd find you. (laughs) I wouldn't
3: want to be anywhere
0: else. (laughs) Sitting up here like one of these big statues.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes I do turn into a statue. It's very relaxing to not have to exert any influence to
0: be. Must be terrible when you turn back, covered in bird poop. (laughs) You get used to it. Yes.
3: Now, who have you brought me here?
0: He gestures towards the other five, two young women and three young men. who kind of stand at, you know, straighten up their backs a little bit as he gestures down towards them these young cubs think they have what it takes to protect our people as you protected our people as you led us through here from terrible monsters and the occasional sunburn.
3: (laughs) I totally forgot he was like this guy. Oh my god. So much. So you think, all of you, that you have what it takes to join the eyes of Ra.
0: One of them Gives you a nod, steps forward onto the step above the others. A uh, a broad-shouldered, piercing-eyed woman. I think so.
3: You shouldn't think so. You should know so. For if you join the eyes of Ra, you must be as the stone. Implacable. Unbreakable. Without doubt. You don't move. You make your opponents move.
2: Okay, young Padawan. Three months was good for Sudi. <laughs> yeah,
0: sudi so has he been had- meditating for three months straight alone. <laughs> he's collected so much information and confidence his and ability. And his yeah.
3: little mind palace is just a <laughs> getting bigger.
0: Yep. One of them hops forward next to the uh, the taller woman, so like teaching us to punch through rock. I mean, like like chopping a stone in half. Can you chop a stone in half? Not really,
3: really cool. a stone in half at once, but. Stone is not moved so easily by single strikes. It is the constant application of force. So, you have to learn how to wear down your opponents. The powers that I can give you and the training can only get you so far if you lack the will to apply it.
1: Or you just find their kidney. (laughs) Citra pops up. Citra's not here! (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Citra! What's happening with magic?
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm having a moment here, Sitra, please!
0: <laughs> the younger, the smaller of the two young women steps forward. Well, obviously, we don't know exactly what all we can do, which is why we've come here to try to learn. And you're supposed to be the, the last Eye of Ra, which, uh, no offense, o- only having one eye can be quite a detriment if someone, uh, someone takes it.
3: So, so he points at the eye and gives a little... Yeah, I know. Literal, right?
0: So uh, it's more, we want to protect our people. And that means training and learning. So if you know how to instruct us, to teach us, then we're ready to learn.
3: All right. It's not going to be easy. Probably going to hurt a fair bit. Probably a lot. The will is strong. It'll all be worth it. Sudhi takes a step to the side embiggens himself <laughs> uh-huh, Oh my off. god, Sudi! Well, looks down at all of them Why
0: don't we see what you've got? So, uh, I suppose after a short period of time of beating up children <laughs> Oh, come on he's not beating up children
3: He's literally just letting them punch him and he's correcting their Notably, forms as they they're punch also, him
0: <laughs> Yeah, the, the youngest is also like 15, they're in the 15 to 18 range so some of them actually might be a little bit older than Sudi. <laughs>
3: No, they are, yeah. <laughs> if yes, you're like 18 no. plus, Three they're older than Sudi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you spar for a short time. One whole minute. <laughs> yeah. Many of them, uh, they're a little bit bruised by both... Uh, I doubt very seriously any of your punches, more of your trips, sweepings, throws, all the rest of that stuff, the more incapacitating training portion of that. Uh, their egos equally bruised by uh, Serva's occasional snickering laugh from the side <laughs> as he watches with, uh, with general entertainment. You... Finish your initial practice with them. All of them seeming to be, even if they're not necessarily naturally gifted, eager to learn. Embodying the the most important aspect as far as uh, your mind, as far as the training that you learned amongst the priests of Pharasma and the voices of the Spire, which is always get back up again. Mm -hmm. That you can't always control if you fall, but you can always control if you get back up again. As you finish here you look down to see a figure waiting towards the base of the stairs. Someone you assume who's just arrived from this caravan, the new caravan bringing both supplies, as well as in a complete change from what this place has embodied for years. Non-Catfolk settlers. Mm -hmm. People interested in coming here and settling down here. As you look down, you see even from here with with your one good remaining eye, although your exceptionally high perception score,
3: I do have a ludicrous perception for only having one eye.
0: The thin figure of Idris, who has made the long journey from Wati all the way out here. Sudi does not deserve her. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sudi uh Jessica Sudi, just well, nods
0: silently. Like, yep. no, yeah,
3: no. We all know this. She's too good for him. Uh, Sudi will click on his uh, winged boots, <laughs> she just and then oh lightning fly down those stairs straight
0: at her,
1: <laughs> pulling out all the tricks.
0: I was gonna say, now that he's not having to fight for his life all the time, he's like, huh, I can these when I want." <laughs> it's
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> really showing off that seventeen-year-old mentality. Yeah, I'm
3: here. seventeen forever.
0: <laughs> I'm seventeen forever. Hopefully not mentally. <laughs> oh life. God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, he had wisdom You saw he had three months worth of wisdom It helped
0: Idris <laughs> rushes up and uh, and hops up I suppose Sudi scoops her up As she uh, wraps her arms around his uh, his corded muscled neck You made it Yeah, it's, uh, it's a long trip out here I wish you still had your wizard friend To just whoosh uh. around But
5: <laughs> <sighs>
3: It's alright It's a bit of a journey But I don't know I think it might be home Finally so me, I think we should break up
4: <laughs> I would love that
2: she, ending. Dude if she
3: came all the way out here to break up with him That would be <laughs> hilarious Again he deserves it
4: well, It's not like she can text you
0: We need to talk Suda. And
3: I was going to say she has message but I can't really message her back
0: <laughs> uh, I was just imagining how many people in this fantasy world Break up via sending
5: <laughs> so, probably a lot sorry
0: I've got to oh figure out gosh. how to break up with you in 25 words
3: <laughs> <laughs> took I me a think long time. we should see other people it's, it's not, not you, you it's, it's
0: me, me.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she smiles I suppose as you set her down well I mean it's got potential and uh, I mean I do like cat folk she gives you a little like poke in your side
3: other people will come but uh, I think we'll build it up into something, something really great. I've got the plans. All right.
0: Well, where do I stay?
3: Oh, right this way. Come on. He, like, grabs her hand in like, that really cute, like, you know, overenthusiastic teenager way and starts, like, leading
0: her up the steps. <laughs> leading her up the steps. I was surprised you weren't just like, I scoop her up in my arms and then use my 50-foot movement speed to and run Superman through the It's
3: Superman fly I guess he could. I mean, why not? No. <laughs> da 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 super sooty
0: (laughs) yes you make your way through the city streets before eventually arriving at a a simple stone building not ostentatious not necessarily impressive but homey two story structure with a wide set of steps on one side that leads to the second floor and a well crafted wooden door this
3: yeah this is uh Home. Real estate values are uh, very low here and very reasonable. So I splurged a little bit and bought the house. (laughs) I spent exactly zero gold on it. It's amazing. It's the best deal of my life.
0: So this is just ours? You don't have to sleep on a couch or anything? No.
3: No, there's enough space here for everyone. There's tons of unoccupied buildings still here, and they're building more, I'm sure, eventually. So it's good to get in at the beginning of uh, our little town. She smiles,
0: leans over, kisses you on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Cats don't really have lips. I think it'd be. No, we really don't.
3: Really don't. Yep. lots of nose rubs.
0: Eskimo kisses. I suppose you give her the grand tour.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's probably a little light on furniture at the moment.
0: You just walk in. There's just the single couch. It's like, yeah, despite the fact that I don't have to live on a couch, it's actually all I have. I have a, a futon. and <laughs>
3: It's like, literally, <laughs> it's the couch in Sudi's bedroll in, in, like, classic, yeah. like, man who lives alone.
2: Did you at least get her a present? Yeah. <laughs> or, like, a shrine to her deity or, like, something.
3: Uh, Sudi would have probably, I mean, I, I can't craft anything. I think you collected so, a couple
0: of things that you're just like, but, here's some uh, uh,
3: just- has been collecting a couple of fun little things. Yeah. Uh, let's see what is on my list of things that I collected that I (laughs) saved specifically out of the treasure for her. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Sudi pulls out a pair of gold bracelets... Mm. Uh, that have been set with... It. I have written purple conundrum. That can't be right. Thank you, autocorrect. <laughs> I don't know what What is that this? Was I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that, that perfectly Amethyst? mirrors Sudi's ability to to know what it is. I guess I'm going to guess Amethyst. I don't know why it says conundrum. Or at least
0: you finally got to mark off your fancy increase from your character. sheet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a callback, too. Yeah, the yeah. fancy increase. I was like... It, I, it had a name from when you guys yeah. were looking at my sheet back in the day. I <laughs> could
1: yeah. read your dang handwriting.
3: And, uh, yeah, Sudi will... Uh, produce these, probably oh, like
0: nice. out of his bag. Yes, she is very happy. Has brought her own supplies and everything else, so, you know, sets up a little, a little Bastet statue up by the front door, just so you have a little shrine there.
3: But I figure the new uh, high priestess of Bastet here should look uh, the part.
0: No, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm, I'm, well, I guess if I'm the only priestess, I'm the high priestess. Exactly. I guess that's a how promotion. That works. Uh, she also <laughs> brought two of her cats.
3: Yes. 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 Nice. One,
0: one of which is expecting so there will soon be the pitter patter of tiny cats. there will soon be yep.
2: 50 hundred cats out here we have to fight <laughs> off
3: all of the check my notes here the scorpions that they have out here in this desert
0: <laughs> scorpions everywhere of course she's been uh, on the road for this entire time so I imagine eventually you get her settled in as she decides to rest up as you give her the grand tour of the first house that I think the first actual home I think that Sudi has had since his adoptive father died.
3: Yeah. Sudi has never owned anything, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, crashing with someone who, well, technically didn't even own that then.
3: I was going to say, no, uh, Sudi was staying at, uh, if he wasn't staying at the Temple of Bastet, he was staying in uh, the Grand Mausoleum. So, yeah, Sudi's never a even home. rented a place. Yeah.
0: I imagine as she uh, rests up, you uh, step back outside. Looking up across the distance, you can see where the uh, the fresh-faced young new recruits um, after you left or like practicing throwing one another with one of the step, grab, arm, turn, pivot uh, with the pivot with your waist to throw yeah, people. Yeah, you definitely
3: uh, couching them. If you haven't actually done that, you can actually dislocate somebody's shoulder doing that. So how to yeah. do that properly without <laughs> dislocating somebody's shoulder. <laughs> She's like,
2: oh God, wait.
3: <laughs> or or, or how to do that on. with
0: dislocating someone's shoulder. Or yeah, really and then <laughs> it's like, if you actually
3: want to hurt them, you just hold the arm out like
0: that and boom. Yeah, as you, uh, you watch contemplating probably your, your new existence as a mentor, as the uh, the old cat on the mountain <laughs> up here training the new Eyes of raw.
3: Yeah, I, I'm going to have to find some fancy title for me as, like, leader of the Eyes of raw. I guess. I don't know. The first Eye of raw. Ra. Um, it, actually, first if Eye of Ra really
1: gives you the title.
2: If you're That's the, the only t- Eye of Ra, you become the leader of the Eyes of Ra.
3: It's mean, a seniority fair. game, and I'm here the longest until I die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is never. I'll always be first eye.
0: <laughs> as you look up the distance, a shadow passes. After a second, you hear a soft thump. And as you turn, a lean figure slinks around the corner, the broad wings of Tetasura folding back against Aww. her lionine body as the Sphinx emerges from between your house and the next. She saunters over, settles onto her haunches.
3: To what do I owe the honor, Tedesura?
0: You are victorious in your quest. I was. Chisisek's tomb is safe now. With you here. With your friends. In the desert. I begin to roam again.
3: Really? Anywhere in particular?
0: I had heard whispers of your actions here. And I have come. You laid the dead to rest. And I thank you. She pauses, watches another one of the catfold get awkwardly thrown over before he just <laughs> grabs the other person's leg and the two of them go tumbling down the side of the hill together.
5: Oh Sounds no, about
3: right.
0: these are your eyes of Ra.
3: They will be eventually. Need some training, it's only day one.
0: <laughs> I see potential in them as I saw once with you young and experienced but with the strength to grow you know the ritual to reach out to the sphinx I do I will come when you call to welcome the new eyes of Ra
3: and if in your journeys and your wanderings you find any undead that need to be returns back. We'll be ready.
0: She watches you for a long time. Again, despite the, the feminine appearance to her Sphinx-like face, the eyes have that cat ability to simply stare. She then turns and launches herself to the wing. You watch as she sails away and we pan away. As Sooty <laughs> screams,
5: Sphinx! And we fade to black. Last
0: time. <laughs> One last time. Elsewhere, almost a full two months later, in the distant city of Sothis, stands the Grand Temple of Nethas. Within its grand halls, painted in black and white, down its long corridors, deep within it you see a large library. The Grand Library of Magic. Not nearly as impressive as the collective libraries of the city of tefu this one however is very specifically geared only to the pursuit of arcane and divine mastery of all forms of magic the room is huge in size probably the better part of some 200 feet in overall length three stories high with banistered balconies overlooking the lower floors Every available space on the walls is filled with nooks and crannies, cubbies stacked with scrolls and books and treaties. Five large chandeliers hang, perpetually glowing with inner light amongst the crystal balls that hang between them and provide this place with not a single shadow. The library divided clearly down the center into half white. The divine portion and half black, the arcane portion sitting on the black side of the room. You know it is a single figure. Others walk back and forth, back and around, but she sits at a large table, books and maps sprawled out all around the table, a cowboy hat hanging from the top of the chair as she pours over a large book, nearly toward to the end of a large book, not pours over in the reading so much as judging by the numerous empty ink vials surrounding her, the writing portion, and like the four broken quills as they eventually just rub down to stubs and she tosses them away. Mm -hmm. Sitting wedged between three stacks of books is a large red and black egg (laughs) Atop of which sits a silky chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Goodness. Hollis, months have passed since the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh. Some almost five months by this point. (laughs) Three months now have passed since your trip to the shorey city of Ko, which was an adventure in and of itself and beyond the scope of the adventure as presented here. (laughs) A few months more have passed since your most recent exploits. Some of what you're jotting down, but mostly this book that you're poring over is your collective knowledge of everything that you ascertained during your time with the doorkeepers. With notable exceptions and some vagaries here and there, depending upon details for stuff that uh, either you are encouraged not to share due to your conversations, of course, during your time in Tefu. Or, uh, or actively to. discouraged not to share, considering the uh, final confrontation or at the very least discussion that you had in the Sightless Sphinx.
2: Yep. I'll publish <laughs> that, that <percent>. one posthumously.
0: <laughs> Sugar looks down, you know, has her neck kind of craned and turned the head over to the side to properly read what you're writing. As you're writing this down, a shadow passes in front of you.
5: Hmm.
0: A momentary interruption, very faint again because there's so much light in here.
2: I love this library. Hoss looks up.
0: As you look up to see a black and white robed figure settle down in the chair opposite of you, Sarathet in her priestess robes. You know that she has never completely recovered from her experience. However, she does seem to be in much better condition than she was previously. In large part, again, due to that uh, unnamed beyond the scope of this adventure trial that you assisted her with in yeah. her atonement spell to regain her Nethian powers.
2: That was a fun one.
0: that gives you a smile. Cranes her neck slightly to look down at the, uh, to read upside down what you're writing.
2: Look, before you start, I took a break. Uh, oh, okay. Well, it's been... Okay, never mind. I haven't taken a break in a long time, but I will when I'm done.
0: This is your fault, Sarah. Thet, says the it cluck cluck fault. from the chicken nearby. She should have never gotten you that ring of sustenance as a thank you for that atonement.
2: That was the best <laughs> thing. Now I'd barely have to sleep,
0: <laughs> never eat, and never eat. I haven't had to. I haven't had to take a bathroom break in five months. Great. Get a lot
2: of writing done.
0: That's fine. She can't understand me. Mm. Sarathet shakes her head. I was just going to ask you how it's going.
2: Oh, well, the endings are always the hardest part. I think I have everything up until then, but it's hard to decide when to end. I mean, I know mostly this is a magical treatise, but there's a story, a narrative through line that needs a wrap up.
0: That's always the question, isn't it? Hmm. Beginning a story is very difficult. Ending a story. Well, that has expectations. Mm hmm. Sometimes it helps to work into some sort of meta-narrative, if you will, about the idea of endings and easily into your story so that it seems to mesh <laughs> unobtrusively <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. yeah. about the
0: very nature of endings. That's mm-hmm. definitely not something that we did at all.
5: Certainly,
2: certainly. That <laughs> is not a bad idea. Or something dramatic could happen and I could get interrupted before ending it, never come back to finish, and it could serve as a mystery that launches someone else's adventure.
0: As long as it's not one of those contrite things like a sudden marriage or something like that.
2: Oh, yeah. No, certainly not. Unless yeah. I could marry my work or magic. <laughs> I don't think you can marry magic.
3: I think that... that isn't that by definition being a, a priest of Nethys? You're literally marrying magic? Mm. I'm
0: married to Nethys. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but not the guy because eh, that's weird.
3: Uh
0: Nethian nuns. That's an interesting concept.
3: Yeah, just being a like a Nethian nunner or a, a monk.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, sure. you do have a visitor. What? She Who? shrugs, gestures, standing awkwardly by the, the doorway. You can see a young priest of Nethis waiting. Uh, as you glance over, he very awkwardly you know, just raises a hand and kind of waves a little bit.
2: All oh, right. Uh, Hollis will stand. For a second, she looks a little disappointed because she hoped it was one of her friends, but it's not. So she <laughs> picks up her hat uh, and put her, puts her hat on her head and uh, kind of does the, the reverse Riker off of this like seat.
5: <laughs> reverse <laughs> Riker. The reverse oh, Riker. Yep.
0: Considering I was picturing it as a high back chair, I think only an elf could pull off a reverse Riker. <laughs> right? As you stand up, you're a naturally long leg swing over the top of the chair.
2: I saw this Take kind your of a bench, it but it's all good.
0: It makes a lot more sense as a chair. I was really hoping, you know, it was going to be Masika. She could turn into a dragon. She could come visit me.
2: That would have been cool. Or <laughs> Sifra, she could have learned teleport by now. What? That's
3: only that's like definitely fifth definitely not because is walking.
4: <laughs> Masika has a sand boat. She can sail wherever that's that's she wants.
3: She can take <laughs> a whole like,
0: cadre of people with her.
2: I look at Sugar, guard this with your life because I don't want to have to ride it again. It was a lot.
0: I'll point out that I'm a familiar, so my job is to guard it with somebody else's life.
2: Guard it with Sarathet's life.
0: All right. All right, I'll perfect. cluck loudly if something happens.
2: Good, good, good.
0: Wait for the stupid rock to finally hatch. She wiggles her butt to get back into place.
2: It's warm though, um, and then I guess I'll <laughs> head toward the the guy, the kid.
0: The young priest gives a smile and nod. Um, yeah, just, just this way. Um, All right. Please follow me. Uh, you're, uh, you're Hollis, right?
2: Mm-hmm. That's me. Who are you?
0: Miss, oh, Miss, Miss Starkweather. I apologize.
2: Yeah, Hollis um, is fine.
0: Uh, uh, a a hen. Um, I'm I'm just a a young priest. I I started a few months ago and I I heard that that you're you're very good.
2: Thanks. How'd you get started?
0: I was uh, sitting in my my room one day and a a paper airplane came um, Mm, selling in through the (laughs) open window. uh, Open it and, um, Amazing. Mm. It, there was some some writing on it, and uh, it, it, here I am.
2: Oh, I like that. That That's that, a... that is interesting.
0: <laughs> he leads the way. Um, there, there are uh, three people to see you here from uh, from the the church. They. Oh, from the church.
2: Hollis uh, was happy and then sad. This yeah. is a roller coaster <laughs> for Hollis. Oh, roller,
3: roller coaster.
0: Um, they, they look kind of uh, uh, scary, but um,
2: Which church? Our,
0: our 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 church.
2: Oh, okay. We all kind of look scary sometimes. It's maybe not a great vibe. I don't know.
0: It's all of y'all bristling with Need magical a new
3: pa- PR power. Hm.
0: You're led down a long corridor. A second corridor. A third. Back up towards the front of the temple. Before he takes you down a side passage that either you've never gone down before you've never noticed before or it's the temple of Nethus. it may have never been here before as you follow this side passage eventually he stops in front of a room gives you a, a nod as I suppose you kind of dust yourself off uh, mind you you've been this is the least dusty you've probably been in months True. now I'm since covered you know. in ink though yeah you're covered in quick press the before you open the door <laughs> yeah get the ink um, off my hands clean Sorry. myself up real quick hold up the boy opens the door and you step into a circular chamber. The walls are covered in beautiful murals of the great works of Nethys. Hmm. Three along the right, three along the left, uh, in traditional Nethian fashion, showing him reigning destruction and building cities. Delightful. Three figures occupy the room around a central circular table,
5: hmm.
0: sitting atop which is a box some maybe Ominous. two foot by two foot and about a foot high. All three of the figures turn as you enter. One is tall, one is short. The third, the one in the center, is neither short or tall.
5: Mm.
0: All of them wear robes I of black and white. feel a riddle white.
4: coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm ready.
0: All of them wear robes of black and white, although they're actual accoutrement is somewhat lost underneath the long cloaks that they wear that are also pulled up over their head in the same checker pattern. All three of them wear masks in a way that probably immediately makes you stutter step with your your negative experience with (laughs) masked individuals. Dang it, here we go again.
2: (laughs) Alright, this is very cloak and dagger.
0: The masks are each half black, half white. The door shuts behind you. As the, uh, the young man quickly kind of steps out, although you get the impression that he's uh, he's waiting outside. Listening. Uh, although, as the door shuts, you hear nothing outside. Ah, good. And so you can only imagine that privacy has been assured. Mm hmm. The central figure steps forward. Hollis Starkweather. The voice is indistinct and difficult to hear.
2: You got me at a disadvantage there, pal.
0: The figure lowers their head, reaches up. Removes the mask and sets it down, revealing underneath the piercing gaze and chiseled features of Dekka on Carrot, the Hacha of Tefu.
3: Oh,
2: okay. I did not expect to get a visit from you.
0: I don't think you should have. Hmm. I've traveled a great distance to speak with you.
2: All right, let's speak.
0: We have learned much of your journey, but not all. When you and your friends came to me that night Mm -hmm. after the loss of your companion, I told you that there were factions within the Syncrescent Order of the Blue Feather Mm -hmm. that were interested in opposing you. And I also told you that there were factions interested in protecting more than containing the secrets of Osirian. Mm hmm. A schism has developed.
5: Mm.
2: Well, that's on brand.
0: My brothers are interested in aiding in this. She extends her hand to either side to the two other figures who watch on, again, from beneath their masks.
2: I don't love these masks, but I'm just going to be quiet about it.
0: We would like to add a more powerful figure to our numbers. Let us simply say that there are leadership positions available in the Order for one dedicated enough to the all-seeing to take it. Interesting. The two figures remove their masks, revealing the handsome face of one Kelru.
5: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And the, at the very least, understanding expression, even though obviously not necessarily pleased to be here of a Zaz.
4: <laughs> nice! His perpetually annoyed face.
0: They they had a little <laughs> bit of a rapport going. Yeah. Kelru smiles. Peace, friend. Peace. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's been a long time.
0: It has been. And I hope my presence here assures you that our esteemed colleague, he gestures towards Dekka, is being honest when she says that she is interested in aiding the expansion of knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge is good for all. Hmm. And I hope this means that we can trust you.
2: I mean, I'm definitely... All about expanding knowledge. Uh, what specifically are we kind of thinking about here? Because I do have a condition, but we'll get back to it.
1: <laughs> We're going to negotiate.
0: Azaz just sighs, glancing off as if I was really hoping this would get along faster. Decca <laughs> on carrot.
2: Does he look stronger? What's his thing? I'm going to size him up real quick.
0: <laughs> I cast arcane sight. What's his highest level spell? Uh,
5: <laughs> no, I don't do that.
0: Decca on carrot. Looks down towards the box. That now, as you approach a little closer, you can see in lapis lazuli across the top of it is a design of a blue feather. So cool. Our goal is to find more of the history of our nation, to collect this knowledge, and to ensure that we're a situation to arise akin to what you had faced before. That there would be Nethians in place, not to bury it, but to deal with it.
2: Great. Small thing, small condition. You gotta let Citra back into Tefu.
0: I have already spoken with Miss (laughs) Nahamra. And I agreed to allow her and her brother to return to my city. Okay, great. Under the condition, of course, that they keep our organization's involvement with the Flying Pyramids to a minimum.
2: Alright, well then, uh, what's in the box?
0: You accept our offer, then?
2: Yeah, let's do it.
0: She smiles. Reaches out a hand. Places it over yours. Lowers her head. The other three do as well. They then state a secret chant. So secret! I cannot speak it on this podcast.
5: Oh, Oh, secret!
0: After doing the secret call and response (sighs) with your new brothers and sisters, they open the box revealing fine black and white robes and a new secretive mask.
2: Does this come as a duster? Does this come
0: as a duster? Yeah. They're like fade out. As long as you wear the cloak over the top of it, you're fine. <laughs> 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 Only when you're doing secret secret society chanting okay, business okay. do you have I to wear love this. It. You don't the have, have to wear that. a But her own official robes as a, a priestess of the uh, the faith.
4: Exciting. I feel like the doorkeepers have a no masks rule. For I know, general.
3: Generally, <laughs> yes, yes. Generally we not
4: wear this mask, but okay.
0: <laughs> Only for when you're doing the super secret society yes, stuff. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Only for when you're initiating people and you need Halloween to freak people Halloween would make out.
4: the doorkeepers really uncomfortable.
2: As a leader, oh, sure. my very first act is to have us use magic to disguise our faces instead
5: of wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's like, this is more Nethian.
0: All the all the masks, well, they're all like lead-lined and everything else. They're like, well, we did try to do that for a while. And one casting of true seeing gets through it. Ah, so.
2: oh, you're right, you're right. Okay, well, I'll, I'll invent a Gotta spell. Gotta lead-line
0: it. Just in case somebody happens to have a a ring of X-ray vision.
2: Oh, you got to use just regular glasses, but they're lead.
0: (laughs) You got to Clark Kent this day. (laughs) Yeah. Elsewhere. Out in the parched dunes. The sun hangs high. Noonday. A beautiful, blue, unbroken expanse. The sun shining like an eye of heaven down upon the parched desert below here is a large flat a recess area a depression if you will one time known as the salt flats of the parched dunes now you see a vast expanse almost bereft of salt covered in large skittering shining forms there are signs of excavation in the sand surrounding the flats here towards the remains of the village, the village now having been restored, rebuilt in record time, are large gatherings of multiple tribes of the desert people. Uncommon in the parched dunes as they only gather at the assigned oasises and in the assigned times. Now there's at least three, four, maybe five tribes gathered, not just of the desert nomads, like the Becken and the other tribes of Osirian's desert, but also of the desert elves, the desert giants, even some amongst them of the of the Moftet tribes, standing on a, a rock almost overlooking this bluff near a large tower, overlooking this depression that drops down some at point some fifteen feet, is Masika of the beccan watching as now the you can see the shining figures are cat-sized clockwork beetles. Not quite scarabs, more of dung beetles. Bunching and rolling up the salt as they clear out the flats into balls and rolling them over. Salt so precious as to almost be worth its own weight in gold. As you can see, vast stacks of it lined up along the side enough to make a single tribe the wealthiest tribe in all of the parched dunes. Salt's that precious you to commodity. All you to do is
3: separate salt from uh, sand.
0: And when you have little clockwork automatons to do it for you. Yep. These creatures continue to go about their business as Masika stands on the edge of the flats. Narmer sits nearby, occasionally watching seeming like calculating. You know, as he's just trying, one, two, three.
4: What are you counting?
0: I'm just trying to figure out, like, how many shamboshes worth of salt we have. A lot? I'm going to say a lot. Like, I think when we get back, we can build like a solid gold statue of maybe me, uh, but probably you.
4: Why <laughs> We don't need solid gold statues, Narmer.
0: See how cool it would look. You remember when we walked into like Hakatep's big burial chamber and like the entire floor was gold? Wouldn't well, that be cool?
4: We don't need gold floors. We, we need, you know, things for people to live with, like, buildings. They could live with a gold statue. Businesses and trade and maybe an inn. You know. Okay,
0: all right. What about marble?
4: Oh, my God. we Maybe marble, okay. Maybe marble,
0: okay. Something to consider. Not pushing. Just saying.
4: Seek a size.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After a long moment, another figure arrives. One that the audience has never seen before. A tall man... Shortcut black hair falling down to just the nape of his neck. An immaculately trimmed black beard. The man steps up, lays a hand on Masika's shoulder as he towers over her at a, just a smidge over six feet. Your clockwork friend is right.
4: Oh my god, we do not need gold statues, Dad. Do not encourage him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm simply saying, saving your people Ridding the desert of a threat, those, full explosive people.
5: Yeah, well, you know,
4: <laughs> they oh, so killed that's you. She got her mouth
0: yeah, from. they did kill. Yeah, me. exactly, right.
4: They they killed you, and so I had to take care of it, yeah. and I did. It just led to a way bigger problem than I initially, you know, anticipated.
0: And that's why I think a statue seems fair.
4: I I, I oh my god.
1: Of all of us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As you look about, you can see the various tribes here. The beckon having been here for months now since you returned and spoke with the three wise women. Having come back here and aided you in digging up the ancient machines and establishing an actual entrance into Chisisek's vault. Wherein you'd found so many pieces that repairing the machines yourself had been almost too easy as if there was something about its construction that just seemed intuitive to you. Hmm. As you watch, a steady gathering of people begins to make their way forward, probably feeling a little nervous butterflies in the pit of your stomach at this point, since you did tell them noon today, as uh, as you look nervously down into the flats back out to them.
4: Narimer, this is going to work, right?
0: Yes, I am 62% sure. Mm. That's better than half. <laughs> as you watch, your sister and mother come over to join you. Your mother, having not let your father out of sight for like <laughs> the last couple of months since you'd restored him <laughs> back to life,
3: that's fair. That's
0: fair. That's fair. I mean, the dude was dead for a while. Yep,
4: like six years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not as not as long as that, but still. Sage comes up, reaches down, scoops up Norma, just kind of holds him. The three wise women come over to join you as well. Nahima gives you a smile, nod. Seeing your nervousness, lays one tattooed hand on your shoulder and gives it an appreciative squeeze. There's a shudder through your feet. And after a second, almost like an explosion, a massive clockwork worm bursts up from the ground, rears up to about 16 or 17 feet, and then just slides down onto the sand. Even from here, you can hear the grinding sound from its massive three-jawed maw, filled with stone-breaking blades. A soft rumble goes through your feet. And then a few moments later, for perhaps the first time here in decades, centuries, a geyser of water bursts up from beneath the earth. And it rains in the parched dunes.
2: You're making it rain. As it
0: falls back down to the earth. Even from here, you can see the wide arch of the rainbow stretching up from where the light passes through the spray of water. Screams burst out from the crowds, people cheering. Children, you can see them rushing down, sliding down the embankment to run forward towards the geyser as the water sprays down and begins to coat the sand. They
3: better be careful not to jump into the geyser. They're going <laughs> to take a Just launch off trip. into space.
4: <laughs> I got- Masika probably jumps up and down, clapping her hands.
0: Yep. Narmer's like, yes! 62%. <laughs> Cheers run through everyone. A sage smiles, scooping Narmer and beginning to run down as, he, as she kind of like jumps and holds him over her head as he sort of... More hang glider effects lowers her down. <laughs> <laughs> like Link jumping off of a platform with a, a uh, glider. Yeah.
3: Solid rushes gliding. Forward.
0: After a couple of moments, the even the adults begin to, uh, to cheer sliding down the embankment and heading down into the steady muddying uh, area surrounding the crystal clear water that sprays up. Your father smiles, scoops an arm around your shoulder and hugs you tight. Your mother on the opposite side. After a few moments, they watch Sage, uh, especially as she like first bursts into there, and like Narmer goes swimming into it and shooting out the top of the uh, the geyser, flying <laughs> up into the air. You can very distantly hear,
5: hey, the world," shouted from <laughs> somewhere far away.
0: I just said "somewhere" because I'm stuck in that voice. Hold on. <laughs> somewhere over the rainbow.
5: <laughs>
0: somewhere. <laughs> as you watch having expected this but probably still in a certain degree of uh, not quite disbelief Nahima places an arm around you and stands next to you
4: I mean it'll take a little bit but the oasis should fill up and then we can start working on the irrigation system and get some crops growing
0: you've made a home
4: that was that was the plan
0: you've done well child thanks these last few years have been trying for you and for me she sighs looking off it's one of those moments where you notice that there is more grey in her than you've seen before her trials in the sightless sphinx having been obviously taxing the small serpent around her wrist slithers up to her shoulder its tongue flickers out kissing the side of her neck in an affectionate way the people cheer for you Masika you have given them hope. I've grown tired, and the time has come for me to rest, and for you to take your place.
4: What? You
0: um, will join the wise women.
4: I I don't know if I'm ready for that. That's Seriously? Y-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? I think you are ready.
4: I mean, yeah, I've got a lot of magic, but I don't know if I have the, you know, leadership skills... Necessary.
0: You and your short time have seen more than I have. You've have accomplished more than any of our people. You have made friends. She gestures out as you see some of the desert giants making their way out there, like scooping up a few of the uh, the young children, basically like two in a palm and <laughs> kind of holding them up so they can catch the water in their hands. Cute. <laughs> Even the usual taciturn and uh, uh, stoic. Elves have made their way down To go and splash in the water and laugh Beginning a a musical performance That you can hear the soft Windpipes and string instruments Wafting to you from the distance They will be looking to you Regardless of whether or not You sit amongst the wise women This is simply Making it official
4: If you're sure
0: I think after my long Years of service I deserve A retirement I know usually we sign on this for life but it's been a rough few years and I think it would be nice to simply take a home here and let my feet rest in the pool
3: she's retiring to Florida (laughs) (laughs) y'all she's going for the she's going to put her feet in the pool
4: (laughs) Masika gives her a hug alright I mean of course
0: she smiles glances past you, takes kind of a quick step away from you as a mud ball goes flying past you.
5: <laughs> Mashika! Mashika! Mashika!
4: What, Narmer? I did that! <laughs> where Come is place. my giant Where is my giant
0: husband? Standing nearby, grumbly, staring out. Hey! Yes?
4: Can, can you pick up Narmer and just like chunk him right down in the mud real hard please
0: your husband steps forward from behind you sighs probably just kind of scoops you up and throws you over one shoulder (laughs) (laughs) hops down as you begin running off into the water as Narmer cheers happy to have you come play and we cut away from there
4: Masika's gonna win
0: (laughs) okay and then there was one Yep. a short time later Getting towards the tail end of Ferris now. An elevator slowly descends down into a dark stone shaft. Four ropes extending up to a a simple pulley system as it lowers this platform down, down, down into the earth. A much easier descent than the iron railings that would allow someone to climb down, that allowed Citra and her friends to climb down, some time back. Citra, you stand here, watching the pinprick of light overhead, slowly fading, as you reach the bottom of the shaft and step off into a well-lit vault. The passage ahead of you leads you into the Dark Depository you enter into a wide chamber, a chamber where once you fought a massive bone golem, back when you'd come here on your first trip, months have passed since you left the city of Tefu. And now, thanks to a brief, impassioned discussion and a small hint of blackmail, you have been allowed <laughs> to return back to the city <laughs> of Tefu after speaking to the Hatya Decca on Karat. Unbeknownst to you, now a sister of the blue Order of the Blue Feather, uh, with your own friend, Hollis.
2: I also put in a good word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All of this as a a concession for keeping the secret of the Sacrosanct Order of the Blue Feathers' involvement in the Flying Pyramid's attacks on Osirian.
5: Mm-hmm. Especially
0: considering uh, your brother's knowledge of Nahamra and the Sacrosanct Order as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Even furthering and corroborating said evidence. Where this depository was once dark, now the chambers shine with bright, magical light. And workers in the black and white robes of the Church of Nethys move about carrying supplies. Not to remove this place or make it even more secretive. To restore it. The temporary elevator, the lift that you take in to get down here, eventually plan to be replaced with a dedicated one so that the knowledge of this sacred depository can be shared with the world. Cool.
1: I guess they're really trying to live up to that no secrets in Tefu thing.
0: Ha! Mm -hmm. Nice. You make your way deeper past a number of people that nod to you uh, in that friendly way, as you've actually spent a few months now helping your parents in the restoration of this place, touching up the wall paintings and adding back the color to make it look like the vibrant place it was before it earned the moniker, the Dark Depository. After a short time, you find your parents, your, the tall form of your father and the shorter form of your mother, looking over a table strewn with parchments, depictions of the, the wall writings as they attempt to determine what color combination would work best to restore it, as well as your father's general knowledge pertaining towards engineering on how to ensure the structural safety of this place, considering the number you did. Of course... I can only imagine for Citra, it's always a little nervous seeing her parents down here where she had to literally deal with a sleigh living trap amongst the yep. other various horrible traps that were placed on this place. However, you were given the opportunity to scour the building for deadly traps before you allowed your parents back down here. That sounds right. Let me go ahead and uh, I've, I've gained a lot more ranks and perception. Let me go ahead and give that a quick once over again. Yep. I've got a magnifying glass. I actually had the magnifying glass back then. You've had it since book two. Yep.
1: It's whether or not I remembered to use it.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) true. Yep. As you step up, your father glances over, gives you a warm smile from behind his well-trimmed, pointed beard. I'm glad that you stopped by to say goodbye before you left. It would have been disappointing otherwise.
1: Not going to be gone for very long.
0: That had best be the case. Your mother gives you a smile, stepping over, giving you a tight hug. I'm hoping that that Falta doesn't abscond with you somewhere. (laughs)
1: Don't worry. Even if he tried, I could hold my own. (laughs) You have some levels on him.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I do. definitely have some levels on him by now. (laughs) 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 It's just going to be for a few days?
1: Uh, That's my hope.
0: Your father smiles and nods. The man looks tired, but in that good way. He has so much work to do now, as Deck Carrot, beyond just providing you access back to the city seems to be really leaning into this idea of revitalizing Tefu, not just as a place of secrets, but also as a place of learning. Yeah. And as such, long neglected murals and uh, structures in the city have now been getting a well-needed facelift. Nice. Be safe and tell your friends hello and that we thank them for their assistance.
1: Don't worry, I will.
0: He nods. Your mother just smiles, gives you a third hug. As again, she seems to be very nervous about letting you go, particularly after you told her the uh, some of the stories of what you got up to whenever you <laughs> weren't here. She seems to be a little bit perhaps more protective than she was previously, which was I pretty mean, protective I, to begin with.
1: I did bring her son back from the dead, though, so that, that is true. count for yeah. something. Yeah,
3: I was going to say you got to get some like major brownie points in your family for the <laughs> I returned your long dead son back to you. <laughs>
0: back from the grave.
3: I returned him from a pile of dust, dang it.
0: (laughs) The two of them smile, wish you well. Your father gives you a quick, uh, you know, handoff. Here's a couple of things that while you're out of town, I'd like you to pick up if you Mm -hmm. see it in the market anyways.
2: Errands.
0: He's not above giving his 18th level, you know, or 17th level daughter a a list of things to do while you're out. (laughs) You turn. You make your way back. You send up the elevator back uh, blinking, I imagine, into the bright light of day into the city outside as the lift reaches the top a shadow blocks out the sun for a moment and a arm extends down offering a hand to you Citra yep. takes it you're lifted unnecessarily uh, out of the lift onto the platform as falto smiles mm-hmm. takes back his uh, his hand offers an arm still dashing uh, resplendent in his uh his weird combination of Osirian and Taldane style, which seems to somehow work for him. <laughs> somehow, the the comfortable loose shirt seems to blend perfectly with the half cape that he's recently adopted.
3: It's the magic. It's the magic of the swashbuckler
0: to make it all work. Yeah.
3: he has got one of those
0: hats that's pinned up on one side. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Things go well.
1: Uh, yes, I uh, I think uh, if my mother had her way, she would uh, tie me down though.
0: Ah, to keep you from escaping.
1: Uh, more to keep me from adventuring. Oh. Some of my stories may have, uh, uh, they were a little on the dangerous side for her taste.
0: Of course, if you were tied down, it would actually be more dangerous for you because it'd be really hard to fight. But I understand where you're going from. (laughs) Yes. Are we, are we ready to go? I think so. He smiles. Takes your, uh your hand places uh, his hand over yours as he begins to lead you down the the alleyway as you make your way off deeper into wadget's walk this area of the city of tefu the sun shines from above as you head down towards the end of the alley falto leans down i was thinking maybe once we're done with this and uh you know of course i understand that your mother's a little paranoid about this but maybe it would be fun to go on a, a little trip together I promised to show you Absalom. (laughs) There are camels there. I found out recently, despite the fact that uh, earlier on, I seemed to have no idea what a camel
5: was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every bit of the world is different. And my mother will learn to deal with it. I mean, she can't help but be protective. She's my mother.
0: (laughs) I understand. But, you know, it'd be nice to to introduce you to my old stomping grounds and show off to all the people that always said that I wouldn't uh, amount to... uh, to what I am now. World traveling adventure. Uh, also, I should really figure out what's going on with my father. He's gone back to talk to the Pathfinders, so that'd be nice to go back there and, uh, and figure out what's going on there.
1: That would be a good idea. These Pathfinders, I always hear so much about them, but they have a very bad reputation around here.
0: It's fair. I should really learn some sort of magic, maybe to send things to, kind of like you do. Not the brainy kind of magic, because that doesn't really seem to be my forte. But uh, from what I understand, if you, if you have a charming enough smile, you can blast magic out of your hands. So maybe something like that. And, uh,
3: and a bloodline. And, and a bloodline. Or
1: a bard.
3: <laughs> or I guess, yeah, or a musical talent.
1: Hollis did leave me with uh, quite a few notes that I am supposed to study before I see her again. You do get Some like them are... weekly
3: books delivered to your house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've signed Probably. up for the Hollis Magic Continuing Educa- Magic mm-hmm. Continuing Education Book Series.
0: <laughs> As you make your way down the path, you see the uh, the old sign for the Jackals Prize swinging back and forth in the light breeze. The large building off towards the side, having been restructured, rebuilt, where once it was a, for lack of a better term, just a derelict building, that the children of Tefu some of these street waifs had found, now completely reconstructed, with no small amount of funds from yourself, mm-hmm. into Tefu's first orphanage. Nice. As you begin to make your way past, you can see an instructor up front, uh one that you had also helped uh fund, although now that this is more of a public work, you have been in contact with the Hatya and uh, discussions with her, as well as an anonymous donation. Although judging by the the writing on the anonymous donation, it would seem that the uh, the fan bearer of the Pharaoh was rather interested <laughs> in making certain that you were aware that that's where the donation was coming from. Because mm-hmm. oh, she really doesn't do anything uh, for you. Uh,
5: hey, you Mama Opera.
0: Here you see an instructor having set up a number of pottery wills. with a fair number of children learning this useful um, and marketable skill. Um, some of them much more so than others, as some of them spin it way too fast, seemingly an effort to see if they can sling off the clay onto the other students nearby. Some of them with a greater degree of attention. <laughs> However, even as you're watching them work under the, uh, the gaze of the old statue of Anubis that had led you to the Dark Depository, you can see the thin figure, the shortcut black hair of Neef, as they just kind of snap their finger uh, in the direction of any of the children misbehaving who very quickly begin to follow suit with their older sibling as Neef has taken up a position almost akin to a teacher's assistant
5: <laughs> um, in all of these
0: classes making certain that these uh, these street kids know to stay on the straight and narrow when the teacher is here.
3: Teacher's assistant and part-time enforcer nice. of yep.
0: discipline. <laughs> they stop, give you a smile as you approach. Uh, nearby you can see the, well again, still thin although quickly beginning to fill out form of Atsu, as honestly, he seems to have shot up a good two inches in just the last five months or so. Uh, Again, it's very awkward for you to be the full-grown adult and watching your older brother, you guess kind of start to catch up. Yeah. Atsu gives you a smile, watching the kids at work and seemingly doing uh, his best to help out Neith whenever possible. Atsu steps forward, Neith shortly behind. So you're going now
1: yes shouldn't be gone for too long though
0: mother's not going to let me out of sight I don't imagine not for long or at the very least not out of the city uh, not without her
1: that is to be expected considering uh, everything
0: you tell all the others thank you again for everything that they've done of course Neef nods and I'll do my best to keep everyone here in line
1: I don't have any worries about that
0: but hey You've done some good stuff. Of course, having arrived, you'd already found that Neef had uh, invested the 10 gold pieces that you'd give them back in the day to even start to move things along in this direction.
5: Aww. Uh,
0: however, being able to show up and drop a couple thousand gold pieces definitely oils the will a great deal <laughs> as far as the city's concerned in getting yeah. something, some project like this approved.
5: Hmm.
0: Neef kind of awkwardly shuffles their feet before stepping forward and giving you a hug.
1: Citra definitely hugs them back.
0: I know the rumors and everything that you were involved in all that craziness over there in Wati, but you did a lot to help the people here, too.
1: I've made my way around to multiple places doing crazy things, so.
0: And now, hopefully, you'll be able to slow down, unless Atsu just kind of gestures over towards Falto, who gets the surprised look like, oh, wait, me? So he looks (laughs) back. Unless somebody drags you into some other crazy adventures.
1: I don't intend to be Necessarily jumping headfirst into any any new uh, horribly dangerous situations or earth shattering uh, problems, but if they arise, I know what to do.
0: Right, and I'll be there to help. Falto smiles, and she'll be there to keep me safe. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that's what you do when you know. It's kind of smiles and like awkwardly takes cit- Citra's hand. You know, we're a team. <laughs> Not team in the, like, doorkeeper's team sort of way, just in the, the Citra Falto. Citro? I think <laughs> that would probably work.
5: <laughs> or just imagine what the broadsheets
0: of, of, uh, of Absalom would call it. I'm going to go with Citro.
2: I like Fitra, fitra. myself. Fitra? Fitra? Or, or, oh, or Fultra? Fultra, maybe. Yeah, Fultra's Faltra. pretty good. That's going to be the, the kid's name if you'll ever get married. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fultra. Atsu rolls no. his eyes, stepping out of the way, before Neef. Jabs him in the side, reaching down and actually taking Atsu's hand as well.
5: Oh!
1: So many couples. Well, I will uh, leave the two of you to have fun. But not too much fun. There's not too much fun. There, yes. <laughs> the appropriate amount of
4: fun. <laughs> you
0: know? Atsu makes a bit of a face, although he's trying his best to not let uh, his face reflect the redness that is showing in his ears.
5: <laughs> mm.
0: Neef just shakes their head, leans over, gives him a peck on the cheek. <sighs> he then just kind of storms off, butts to the, the cat calls and uh, and cheers and uh, all the rest of that from the, the school children who've been watching this <laughs> exchange. You know, whispering to one another in the whole, like, neef has got a boyfriend sort of way. <laughs> Neve picks up a thing of clay and hurls it at the closest child.
1: I will say, this transition from little sister to older sister—it is a lot more fun.
0: Well, um, I've never had a sibling, but uh, knowing nothing about a subject never stopped me from talking about it before. So, <laughs> <laughs> Falto smiles as the two of you make your way uh, off in the direction of the docks.
1: I'll bring art supplies when I come back. <laughs>
0: The children yell and scream and happiness. <laughs> Everyone gets a romantic happy ending, except for uh, Hollis because Hollis doesn't care.
2: No, Hollis <laughs> has hate. the best ending ever. She gets to join a secret organization, and I she get gets to, to, to be married to book. books
0: and magic. That's a secret
2: call and response chant. Delightful, the best kind of love. Magic. So,
0: we get now to one last transition. Our story ends where it began. The city of Wati in southern Osirian along the Sphinx River one of the three sister cities of Wati On an, and Tefu today is a celebration an anniversary if you will a year has passed not since the eventual success of the doorkeepers over Hakatep not since any of the the grandiose huge accomplishments that you've made traveling through the desert no A year has passed now since the great raising of the dead. Mm. Since the awakening of the undead. Since you stood in defense of Wati. A celebration not just of that day, but of the weeks that followed to rebuild. A celebration of the champions who came to the city's defense when a pyramid darkened the sky and rained fire down upon it. The champions who safeguarded the city and even brought low said massive pyramid, which has, in essence, eternally changed the skyline of the city. We return to Wati.
1: With a new pyramid.
0: With a new pyramid on it. I put it over there. <laughs> Oops.
1: At least it's all
4: the way in the dead yeah. city, except for the one part that smashed a wall.
0: Okay, it smashed it's a wall, you guys did and a pretty
3: it good may job. have destroyed that road, but, you know, they'll just, like, redirect around <laughs> it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just going to say I'm a little disappointed that it didn't land in one of the noble houses in the undead part of the city. <laughs> it would have been really It would have been funny. That's what you get.
0: The city is Celebrating. Music fills the air, crowds walk the streets, banners hang between the buildings of the city streets and provide this bright, airy atmosphere. Here, towards the center of the city, stands the Sunburst Market. A large marketplace with on one side the Golden Lake, this wide viewing pool, wherein the sacred crocodiles, the sacred albino crocodiles, still sunbathe. After having uh, been put back to, uh, well, I guess placidity, if you will, by the magic of Onuris during the uh, the uprising that had uh, consumed the city following the Kaupols. Overlooking this is the grand mausoleum, a shining edifice. A platform has been erected there near the Golden Lake, a new platform much akin to the one that had stood there during the lottery so many months a year ago now. So much time having passed, but it seems like so little. All of you have shown here for your own celebration. The city's recognition of the doorkeepers and what the six heroes that have stood underneath that banner represented for the city. Sudi, you were the first to arrive. As
3: I was in the original episode... Yeah, but this time I'm not wearing a bunch of rope.
0: I'm gonna say that. Just just <laughs> a normal made your amount. way, just a normal amount of rope. Uh, Sudi, you'd arrived early and gone and spoken with, of course, your old friends in the form of Septi the Crocodile, and Shepus, who had trained and instructed you. And maybe even picked up from him, like, a couple of training manuals and all the rest of that. Because you're not used to running a military organization, which I know it's like it's now. like. now.
3: Do, do you have anything like, you know, how to use a Kopesh? Because, like, that was never really my thing, you know? So, <laughs> you know, does it have, like, a little scroll that has, like, the little positions of the sword? Can we do an instructor exchange?
0: Running a religious uh, organization for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to f- start a militarized religious organization. So, Sudi, you step out onto the wide steps of the Temple of Ferasma. The wind blowing across your black coat, shining, resplendent in the, uh, the midday sun. Again, covered with only a respectable amount of rope, not a massive amount of rope as you were the first time <laughs> you came out here. Not like a ball of rope walking down. I think it was only 50 feet the first it time, was also. Literally I think only you only have the exact same amount of rope, but now you have a magical place to store it as opposed yep. to before. <laughs> yep, so I just have a little bag. As you make your way down, you are shortly joined by Masika. Masika, you sailed your sand boat across the parched dunes. (laughs) Sudi having gone separately since he came back here with, uh, you know, his beloved Idris, even though you could have offered him a ride, but apparently he didn't want it, especially because you have a sand boat and also you can control wind, so you can make it super fast if you so wish.
4: I dragged my husband with me, whether he wanted to come or not. And armor (laughs) is
0: always there. And armor. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Sage tagged along. Yeah. Did that whole thing of uh, of freaking out the people whenever you just kind of like sailed your boat right up to the city, hopped off and then Uh. collapsed it into a thing, stubbed it in your pocket as the fishermen watched on jealously from the the (laughs) river's bank.
3: The guards are just looking at you like, what in the world did we just witness?
2: (laughs) Magic.
0: But again, everyone here knows you. As you make your way forward for the first time in months now, you see Sudi making his way down the stairs.
4: Masika would start to jog forward, though I'm sure Narmer cannonballs directly into-
5: Shuri! <laughs> Narmer! Yeah, yeah, Masika!
0: Ah, my immortal friend! <laughs> the rushes yeah. forward helps you. Shuri, <laughs> Shuri, look at all these rocks I found. You could make so many stones with them for your people.
3: Huh. Well,
4: look he's at these after the ceremony. He's been collecting- Pretty rocks for you, Sudi.
3: That's Very conscientious of you, Narmer. I appreciate that. <laughs> like
0: a penguin. Oh, and also look at Shinger. He's in gestures over. Uh, Shinger is now like three feet long as the crocodile is steadily and growing. And is also
4: <laughs> awakened at this point. Hello. Because I made a promise.
5: <laughs>
0: Hello, Sudi.
3: Oh, you actually did the thing that make it uh, the talk.
0: Yeah, you can yeah talk I to made me directly. a promise. I'm down here. And,
4: uh, and Narmer would not let me live it
0: down. No one listens to me.
4: I'm listening, Stinger. Jessica reaches down and pats him. Yes, and probably picks him up like a cat because you know he's just like <laughs> he's a about, about as long caiman. as a
5: cat,
0: right? <laughs> yes, I spend most of my days swimming around inside of the the oasis. Now I'm doing my part as I did whenever I was traveling with you to aid you and your companions and your. Your epic journey. Now Appare- I safeguard the oasis. And
4: Apparently he remembers mostly, everything.
0: Yes, everything. I knew all I've seen far more than I probably should have for a creature of my age.
3: Do you want to meet <laughs> the albino crocodiles? They have them in the pool <laughs> yeah. over there.
0: I would like to go over there and talk to them. That would be quite pleasant. I spend most of my days safeguarding children like a glorified lifeguard on the edge of the oasis, which is honestly He enjoys it. Yes. They oftentimes <laughs> use me as one of, like, those pool tubes sort of things. that just kind of lounge <laughs> over my back.
3: Well, if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life.
0: It's true. I very rarely feel the urge to death roll, and that's mostly, you know, when I'm uh, just playing around.
5: <laughs>
0: I think it's an instinctual urge. Every once in a while, I slap them with my tail, but I don't have a stinger anymore, so it's fine.
5: <laughs>
0: I told you he enjoyed our journeys together.
4: And you were right. He can also talk to the, the Tooth and guy. guy, the little Tooth <laughs> and
3: Nuka guy. Like. Oh yeah, you go meet the Tooth and Nuka. Like, guy. <laughs> <laughs> out. That's true.
4: Nusika, I guess, will lead the way over to the pool, just <laughs> so Stinger can.
0: Yep, Stinger be slides near in. Water. Narmer introduces everyone. Uh, as this is going, there's a you know probably a shout and a flash as uh, Hollis steps out of thin air.
5: <laughs> yeah. That as you're not about used right. to being
0: on this res- this end of the teleportation, where it's just suddenly, boom, wizard.
3: <laughs> I, I <laughs> like true. that. Like Sudy just looks at that and goes. Oh, that's what it was looking like. I always mm. did wonder what it looked like when we just appeared. Look around. Studio wave. Just like bringing up a harm. Oh,
2: nice. <laughs> I hustle on over. Hi, Hollis. I finished my book. I finished it and I brought all y'all a copy. This is big. This is I huge. I immediately pull out like a thousand page book and give each of you a this thousand is huge. page This book. is the
3: biggest book I've ever
0: seen.
2: It, well, it's got all the stuff. In it. Well, except for the stuff we're not allowed to say. I look at Masika, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> stuff that just didn't feel like a good idea to include. We um, give
0: one another pointed look.
2: <laughs> where's Citra? She's not here yet. Ah, okay. Well, oh. fine. I put her book back. Okay.
0: <laughs> Yeah, pretty much shortly after you say that, you know, you probably notice the uh, the flamboyant uh, Falto before you notice Citra as Falto makes oh, his way forward. Here
4: comes Falto, big, oh, well, so big dramatic probably, uh,
0: half quote, billowing in the wind.
4: <laughs> so Citra's probably with him. Peep.
0: Yeah, Citra. Peep. Of course, I, I say that. However, I think if Citra's packing all of her gear and everything else, she's covered in like gold bling and various magic items and all the rest <laughs> of that. So I've just
1: arcane sight. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. god, my god, the pain. <laughs> ah, so so much magic. <sighs>
1: Hello, everyone.
3: Welcome back to Wati, everyone.
4: I mean, I wasn't here for very long just when we knocked a pyramid out of the sky. So at least this time we're not in such a hurry. It's nice. We'll take it
3: to the bar.
1: The tavern is good.
3: (laughs) Apparently there's some uh, ceremony or something. It's going to be very awkward.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is why we were all invited, right? Yes
3: going to be a whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you
2: a book, too. I give it to Citra. I'm going to need help with illustrations, but we'll talk about that later.
1: Oh, you do <laughs> realize you've sent me at least uh, 20 or so books in the last few months. Oh, do you need more books? I, I have to finish these first. Okay, well, it's this a one lot is yours harder keep. to do the magic when I don't see you do it first. Like, just reading it and then doing, not easy. Well, I invited you to co, and I invited you on the
2: Sarathet thing, but you were busy. I had things to do in Tefu. All right.
0: Well. Family things. Hey, Alice.
2: No, huh? Huh? I didn't bring you a book because I didn't know you would be here. I don't know how long these mortal relationships like, last. Mortal? Oh, that's,
0: that's, I'm that's mortal, perfectly Do you know fair. what I mean. People usually just assume I can't read, which is wrong. But I'm people do sure make really that assumption. Rude. It is very rude. Thank you.
3: I mean, if they had <laughs> assumed that to me about a year ago, I would have probably been like, yeah, I don't really read.
2: There's a difference between don't and can't. i got gotten
3: better. Uh, There's sure. a lot of stuff to read in the, the Black Fane. Oh,
2: My
0: father once told nice. me that a person that doesn't read only lives one life, but a person that reads lives a thousand.
3: Exactly. Oh, I'm going mean, to remember that. that That's a great true. aphorism.
0: Yeah, write it down so, somewhere. So he like actually reaches
3: <laughs> down, pulls out like a little <laughs> scroll and he has like a little ink pot and he like makes a quick note of that and writes that down. At the top in
0: big childlike scroll, it just says, "Why sayings for students. <laughs> yes,
5: exactly.
3: <laughs> he writes
0: down all his aphorisms for Oh, I got for one students. for
1: time and
3: effort or
2: something.
1: Oh. And um. uh, this must be Idris. We have heard a lot about her.
0: Hello. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, this Did is Idris, Idris. awkwardly
0: kind of waves. Ah. And, and, uh, and What I have... mean by
1: a lot is like none at all, because you barely talked oh, yeah. about her for the last six books.
4: <laughs> Masika, don't talk about that Masika waves That's so, Sosere He's my husband He's just gonna grunt Occasionally also He's doesn't not talk very talkative
5: mm.
3: <laughs> So obviously That's Masika And armor. That's Hollis With the flashy magic Citra And Falto
4: I tip my oh, hat Oh and that's Stinger
3: Oh and apparently Yeah Stinger Jr yeah, The name doesn't make any sense Because he used to be a scorpion And then he got turned into a crocodile Long story
0: Yes I'm very intelligent now
2: I narrow my eyes at the little crocodile and I make sure that Sugar's like on my shoulder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, I remember everything.
2: I don't know what she got up to.
3: So so, so he just like looks forward, looks over it at Sugar.
4: Apparently Uh. Sugar frequently tried to eat him when we were not paying attention. Chickens eat
2: scorpions and other (laughs) accoutrements.
0: (laughs) I'd eat them too, but it's a little bit hotter right now. Mm. Should so so like
3: turns to Idris and goes
0: You can't understand chi-
2: me <laughs> Should we bring chickens back? What do you mean bring chickens? Oh you mean like I thought you meant like start a trend No back
3: <laughs> <then> They also need <laughs> scorpions we've got cats we chickens got, we'll back chickens.
0: into style here
2: You should I know a great farm
0: Yeah well, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of I'm getting a little tired of goat so it doesn't sound like a bad idea
2: I'll I, I narrow my place gaze place in order. Although I eat eggs and stuff so I don't know why I'm narrowing my gaze <laughs>
0: After a long time, uh, all of you have a chance to basically reconnect with one another. The crowd steadily gather here in the sunburst markets. Eventually, the bells for the mausoleum ring. And all of you take your assigned position as you step up onto the stage. The platform Good thing they're here.
3: carefully marked in si- in, on like a piece of tape. So we know where yes. to stand.
0: <laughs> little hieroglyph that says stand here. Mm-hmm. All of you make your way up onto the platform. Probably all of you noting with some uh, curiosity that there seems to be a, a covered section to the, the market here. An area kind of cordoned off. And, uh, oh, and we're going to have a statue. In this,
1: oh, this gosh. large...
0: Oh, no. This we large have one here, that means wrapped.
4: Masika doesn't have to build one because there's already one here. <laughs> <laughs> Alice is
2: very excited about this.
0: Septi the crocodile makes her way down from the steps of the mausoleum. Accompanied by the High Inquisitor, Shepus, she steps forward and up onto the platform and raises her hands as the gathering here falls mostly silent. Thank you all for joining us. It brings me great pleasure to see the faces of our old friends. I was here a year ago when the doorkeepers were founded. I did not know, at the time, that this group would go on to aid the defense of our city, to protect its people, and safeguard our livelihoods. When the dead rose up, it was the doorkeepers, Onurus, Sigira Mabe, Citra Nahamra, and Sudi Kantar, who fought in defense of our city. And ended the threat of the undead there were many who fought upon the walls and many others who bled in defense of our city hollis starkweather amongst their number then when we had just begun to rebuild a new threat appeared wati was the first to fall under the angled shadows of the flying pyramids but not the only as these pyramids threatened all of Osirian. When we called for aid, the doorkeepers came and they fought and rescued us, minimizing the loss of life and even putting their own lives at risk to bring the pyramid down. She gestures off towards the east where the pyramid can still be seen above the skyline of the city.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they fixed the crater where uh, Citra landed.
0: Yeah, it's been patched up. It's actually uh, part of that area with that's cordoned off over there. They put a little plaque up to commemorate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tourist destination now.
1: It would be it just goes to show
0: that one poor save doesn't have to ruin a character.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my!
0: The memories of people are short. Many. Things have passed beyond our knowledge, our memory. Threats that rise up out of the eons. Because none remember. In Osirian, we safeguard our history. And we wish that none should forget the accomplishments of these heroes. And so I gift to you a memorial." She gestures with a hand. The canvas surrounding this portion of the market drops, revealing not a statue, Hmm. but a 20 foot high obelisk.
2: Rad! Carved
0: in hieroglyphs telling the story of Onurus, Segura, Citra, Sudi, Hollis, and Masika down the entirety of its face. Cool. On one side in the ancient Osiriani hieroglyphs, on a second face in the modern Osiriani hieroglyphs, on a third in the language the common tongue of Taldane, and on a fourth in the various languages of the elemental planes. Cool. Orn, Ingen, Terran, Aquan.
1: Cool.
0: Like your own Rosetta Stone if you will. <laughs> standing crowd across that, uh, the oh, side of this so obelisk. Cool.
3: That's way better than a statue.
0: Cheers erupt from the crowd as people make their way over to uh, to view this, as you're going to only assume that they've been constructing it in secret behind this canvas. Mm. Although, again, having been a street kid here, Sudi, I'm certain you're like, oh, I'm, I know some of the street kids peeked their heads in there.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. I got
2: to
4: send my parents a note. They're never going to believe this. <laughs>
3: you got your own Rosetta
0: Stone.
2: <laughs> I got my
3: own obelisk.
4: Look, Narver, now you don't need a statue. You have an obelisk.
0: That you know is pretty well. awesome. I'm going to go over there and find out where I am. He then flies off to go. Now <laughs> <with laughs> that, <Not laughs> that. that, that out well with an
2: obelisk is a statue. Don't encourage
1: Hollis. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we don't need a statue.
0: <laughs> Septi turns to all of you as the crowd begins to cheer.
1: We're all just standing there awkward. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the High Priestess of Pharasma smiles. You have done exceptionally well. I do not know the full details of what it was that you did, but I believe that Wati, Osirian, and perhaps even beyond, owe you a great debt of gratitude.
1: We thank you for your trust in us, for believing in us when, let's be honest, our story was quite far-fetched.
4: Yeah, I wasn't here for that part, but I'm glad I helped stop the pyramid. Also, I hear you have a temple of Nethis in the the necropolis, and I'd love a day
2: pass.
0: You are welcome to go, if you so wish. Yes. We have considered contacting the Nahamra family about helping us to restore some of the old sites within the necropolis.
1: I think they would be more than willing when they finish their current project. There's a lot of libraries in Tefu.
0: (laughs) I'm certain that it will take some time. I suppose then, uh, I imagine you all enjoy your, uh, your celebration here, probably awkwardly, because again, you were never necessarily the grabbing the limelight kind of adventuring group. Definitely not. No. Falto yep. helps. Nope. As the, uh, as the day wears on, you all decide to make your way off, uh, once most of the crowds have gone about to do their own thing, inspecting your, uh, your new obelisk, which looks phenomenal, um, <laughs> in the classic Osirian style. Nice. Before making your way to the, uh, the Tooth and Hookah to enjoy your evening, uh, making your way in there's cheers from the crowds as you're here uh sitting at a table uh surrounded by friends marin is here with some of the dog soldiers as they've come back uh, kelru and azaz have shown up uh,
2: i give them a hello yeah. fancy seeing you here yeah they get- <laughs> do like a cheeky
5: wink like, yes. yeah.
0: you know there's the uh the various gathered uh individuals i mean of course tepnib is here as well uh chatting off in a corner and his a uh, more than happy to come over and chat it up with all of you.
4: Oh, I see invisibility. I can see Quasen.
0: Yeah, you can yeah, see Quasen N- hopping and around. Yeah, Narmer and
4: made friends, so Narmer can yep. talk to Quasen.
0: Narmer and Kwasin are like are great friends, and then Stinger is introduced uh, to Toothy, um, the resident crocodile yes. for the Tooth and Hookah, as they're all kind of <laughs> hanging around together and chatting. So I suppose to, to end this off, all of you spend the evening seated around a table, in a room full of friends listening to the tales of distant lands stories of adventure and danger tales of heroics and tragedy these stories intrigue and excite all of you however you of course have struggled down a long road to get to here the end of your journey a place where you can finally rest and enjoy the fruits of your labor As you listen to stories from these adventurers, from the dog soldiers or Kelru talking of distant lands, even Falto discussing what he's heard, you hear these stories of wars, invasions, and rebellions in faraway lands. But those are stories for another time and for different heroes. And we'll pick it up with one of those stories next time. Yeah. Oh, we, did
4: Woo. Woo. we did it! We did it! done!
0: Whoa!
5: 222 episodes oh, of fucking so
0: for Goodness. Oh, man. Uh, we are going to be doing a after party, of course, on the Saturday following this. That will be Saturday, November 19th. Yeah. 8 o'clock. Bring your questions. And uh, you can come and join us for our discussion over the events of... Uh, I mean, it's pretty much going to be an AMA kind of thing, I think is really the plan. So yeah. bring your questions, talk to us. It's going to be a celebration of, uh, to be perfectly honest, by this point, uh, while only like four and a half years of podcast, basically five full years uh, since we more or less started the recording stuff in January of the Find the Path podcast. It'll also be where we're going to announce what we are doing next so, if you're interested in hearing the continued adventures of the Find the Path crew, pop in then and, uh, well, get your questions answered. Yep, yep. And I suppose uh, with that, good luck, Pathfinders.
1: Bye, Pathfinder! right! We'll see you next time! Bye, Pathfolk!
0: We did it. We did oh, it. Man. We did it.